Nick Helm och Nathaniel Metcalf fan club. Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf fan club on Fubar Radio. This is the right one. When did when did Big Boy from Outcast come in? I mean. I mean, I had to talk then because we were quiet for so long, right at the top of the show, because uh, no one can hear Natalie but me. No, and you can't hear her. I can't hear. I don't know what so she said. So you don't know what the answer was. I, I talked over her while she was doing it because it just all went quiet. Tell you what, ask right. again. You talk, and then I'll listen, all and right. then we'll find out. When was Big Boy on Natalie? I probably didn't have to ask that question again. Love Box Festival. Love Box Festival. Okay. Yeah. When oh. was that? Last year, was it? Fucking hell. Summertime, probably. Uh, so, so what was that then? So, well, that's a festival and all the music comes from all the tapes that you find in your glove box. Yes. Is that what? Glove box festival. Never. Gunless. I guess they, they, they hand around a tin of sweets and there's maybe uh, some, Foxes, t- Foxes some tissues to, uh, to mop down the bursting vaginas. <laughs> we were talking about Craig David before we uh, oh, wow. went on air and... Um, and that got us into talking about sausages. <laughs> and my favourite my favourite sausage fact yes. is about the bratwurst, curryverse sausage, oh, yeah. where uh, when uh, the uh, British troops and the American troops were all in Germany, uh, the Americans had a load of ketchup <laughs> and the British people had a load of car- curry powder and uh, they mixed them together, making curry ketchup, and they put them all <laughs> on the bratwurst. And that's where the curryverse got invented. So you have Germany... America and Britain is all this together. During the war, this is during the Second World War. It's funny, I don't think of Britain at that time as having curry powder. And they had curry powder, and so basically, uh, 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 it was uh, World War Two in a bap. <laughs> uh, that is that. So um, you're listening to uh, mine and mine. Nathaniel Nathaniel Metcalf's, Metcalf's uh, fan club. Uh, fan club. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, of course, I'm the man that needs <laughs> no, no introduction, and this there is Nathaniel go. Metcalf. <laughs> no. um, uh, so, uh, first of all, fan club is tell your friends about fan club. Please tell your friends about fan club. Uh, we honestly, um, we had our uh, numbers in for last week, oh, yeah. and uh, and it, we had no one listened. Oh, brilliant. We've finally done it. So we we needn't have even... Uh, <laughs> like the tree in the forest. Switched. It does exist. Do Sw- we exist, if no one listens? Um, I do. I guess we have to listen to each other. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> even in that short sentence, I drifted off. What were you saying again? <laughs> um, something about um, something about outcasts. Um, hey, Natalie, on the, if, if you're listening on the podcast... Do they get the the bit with Big Boy? Okay, so that bit won't have made sense. If you listen to the podcast now in the future, not live, not not live at five. The weekend starts in about five hours. Um, If you're listening on the podcast, you won't have understood any of the things we're talking about at the start. But I think that probably happens a lot, right? I think think so. Sometimes we talk about songs that they haven't listened to. We should probably say, we should probably introduce the songs better so that we could do, could pause. The podcast. Yes, stick them on. Listen to the song and then join us right bloody back. And then that would give you exactly two hours of entertainment. Um, Or maybe what we could do in future is at Mm -hmm. the top of the podcast, just announce what songs we played so they can line them up. 
listen along and uh, join in the fern club. Um, anyway, so we're handing out free tickets to Glovebox Festival uh, <laughs> at the end of the show. Uh, all you need to do is write in and say, who's your favourite guest on fan club? <laughs> I know mine. Um, right, good. <laughs> what, what, what are your favourite car suites, Nick? If you've got, you've got car suites you like. I used to like the, uh, I used to like the tins of, um, I, do you know what? I'm just going to basically end up just telling you what my favourite boiled suite is. That's all right. But my favourite car suites specifically mm-hmm. were the tins that you got and you had like, uh, you had like a pink one and a green one and an orange one and they were covered in uh, icing sugar. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. They're quite fancy. Uh, well, they were just like you got—you get a tin, so that you know. But I just don't—I don't see why you'd particularly need a tin. I think you mm. could equally just get a bag, and it would do that. It'd probably be a little easier to, you know, it would—it would be malleable. It would mm. move around all the other stuff you have in your glove box. If you've got a tin, nothing's nothing's changing that. Mm. Uh, but I do very much enjoy a humbug. Oh yeah. Um, I enjoy the black and white stripy mint casing mm. and the toffee. Center, that is a personal favorite of mine. I enjoy a pear drop, but I would say my <laughs> I'm trying to sound as much like a punce as possible. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think this is a good topic, it's like a proper Alan Partridge. This is like this is like this is like what I was saying about Craig David when he said, What's your favorite sausage to Craig David yeah. on Pop World? and he said. Did I tell you, did I tell you yes, this you last did. week? No, you On said air? It. No, you said it. No, no. It was before the show. Yeah, before the show. It's about a minute I thought, before I, the show I thought, started. Sorry, maybe I filled up five minutes of content last week talking about Craig David. He was on Pop World. And I, who was the Welsh guy that um, that came on after Simon Amstel did it? Pop World? Oh, no, I don't know. That was the Channel 4 show, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Do you remember him? Who, who was that, Natalie? Steve Jones, that's right. Steve yeah. Jones. Oh, wait, maybe it was T4 then. Yeah, sure. Oh, I so, don't know if I warmed so, to Steve Jones. So, anyway, long story short, uh, they said, what's your favourite? They were, like, pop-quizzing him, hmm. Craig David. And uh, I said, what's your favourite sausage? He said, without missing a beat, definitely the Cumberland. <laughs> but intent, he was so intense. <laughs> it was like, there was no... It was like the answer is Cumberland. There was no humour. You could have been talking to him about politics. You could have been talking <laughs> about uh, you know something important, and uh, it was the uh, politics yeah, or oh, something important. Something important. I am Mister Brexit. <laughs> um, so, uh, did you see him all waving the flags the other day? Oh, but you <laughs> know what, what a hype man. What a hype man! That, the waving the flags was embarrassing, the, but like getting Jim Davidson as your hype man, and then you go, the reality kicks in. Go, this is it. This, this, is, this is what we are this now. This is what we are now. This is what we've asked for. Even people, you know, I, you know, I, I do think that right. We're in this situation. Everyone's got to make the most of it. But it does feel a little bit like you know what's going to be on prime time Saturday night, last of the summer wine, followed by keeping up appearances. Better than I and Jim Davidson. The generation game, <laughs> and it's Nigel Farage doing the eye dance. <laughs> um, Christmas on BBC One. <laughs> oh, is it? Christmas on every channel. <laughs> We've got more. Only falls on horses the early years. <laughs> oh, fucking hell! Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, when you were on tour with uh, David Trent, what car suites did you have, Nick? <laughs> Well, we didn't because we were both uh, trying to trying to not do that. So I would eat 
um, there's, there was they used to do it. They don't do it anymore. They've they've changed the recipe and they've paid the price. In Marks and Spencers, they did a sort of um, edamame and pea kind of uh, uh, pot that you'd have with this quite nice dressing that came with it. But you probably not meant to have the dressing. But it was um, yeah, that was nice. And I would drink like two liters of water. I should drink more. That's tough on a. You have to. You have to stop a lot. No, I, I don't have a pissing problem. Oh yeah. I, uh, the amount of people that. Oh, I better not. I'll need a wee. You're like that, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I'll need a wee. I don't like you know. I don't like having a big drink before a film. Um, I'm used to just not being um, not being allowed to use the toilet. <laughs> um, so I've I've trained myself to hold it in. Tragic. But yes, I do love a fruit pastel. That's probably my all-time favourite sweet. What colour fruit pastel? Um, either the black or the red ones. Oh. Uh, never a green. Oh, God, you're so fucking unlucky in it. Sometimes you dig your hand in and you get out four greens and a yellow. Fuck me. Yeah, uh, 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 orange. Orange for me. Citric. Orange? Orange. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all. Wouldn't mind that at all. Mm. Glacier mints, Natalie's chipping in. Yeah, I'd like, so, like you not to use the microphone. Uh, she's just typed that on a little... Uh, what, I guess a, shared, it's a, a shared screen? I guess it's sort of like an intranet, isn't it? It's... Um, if you're wondering what uh, format we write all of our notes on, it's, uh, it's uh, Google Pages. Google, Is that what it's called? Google Docs. Google Docs. That's what um, we use. That suggests we plan the show more than we do. <laughs> uh, no, often it's being planned as we're on air. Yeah. <laughs> so glassy mints, that's, that's something for... Do you know what we didn't do last week? Fan mail. Did we not at all? No, I think we talked for an hour. Did we, did we do it? <laughs> the week before? Oh, I mean, I, I've been very ill all night. Well, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got the coronavirus. I know. Uh, but no, it's the Foster's Top virus. Yes. Yes, too many Foster's Tops. I maybe had three in a row last night with some pork scratchings. <laughs> did, did you have a wee? <laughs> no, not one wee. Oof. Yeah, well, not one, five. <laughs> but later, <laughs> all in a row, quick succession. It's not like I need... One after another, it's with not, a couple of seconds gap in between. I can wait, I can wait like four, five, six hours without needing a wee. Yeah. Uh, but then when I do have a wee, uh, it, it, I'll, I'll have a tiny little piss and then I'll walk away and I'll go, oh, I haven't finished. And then I'll have to go back again. <laughs> I just feel like it's a waste of time, especially now that YouTube is so appealing. You just think a minute at the toilet is a minute not on the tube. Do you know what I mean? And I don't mean the underground, I mean YouTube. YouTube. Uh, or as I call it, MeTube. Because it's all about me on YouTube. I've <laughs> cultivated my own, cultivated my own nest. Mainly Last Jedi hate videos. <laughs> do you watch things like that? Um, do you know what it was? And I'm not going to go into the thing. But when I first saw the Last Jedi back in 2017, I was so confused by how I felt about it. I couldn't put it into words. And then I, so I, I went on YouTube to see if there was anyone else that agreed with me. And it was really interesting because at first there were, like, you know, uh, uh, a person over here would sort of like say, I didn't like The Last Jedi. It was very ten- tentative. It was like, uh, anyone else um, not like The Last Jedi? And it'd be like, oh, so you'd watch a video and it was someone like trying to explain it. And you'd go, yeah, I feel a bit like that. And then a lot of it was kind of like, I think, you know, I've said before, my main problem was the tone. Like, mm. You can do what you like with the story, really. 
but the tone and changing the characters and then not following stuff up was a bit like... I think the thing that upset me about the not following stuff up was that um, it, it's the second part of a... You know it's a trilogy. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's, so it's not like, I, you know, uh, Kelly Marie Tran's got loads of hate and stuff like that. And it wasn't like... No, I, uh, Rose was one of my favourite characters in the mm. film. I, even, I didn't get any merchandise from The Last Jedi except for... I got a. Uh, I collected the Top Card series before it came out, and then I got like I, I got like two hundred and ninety-five cards out of three hundred, wow. and then I saw the <laughs> film and I didn't bother getting the last five. <laughs> and um, and then the only, only other thing was I got a Funko Pop figure of uh, Rose Tico because I liked her, um, but I did not particularly like her story. And do you know what I mean? So it was just like I, could, I was confused. So I started watching, and then. Over the two years, it just became this slalom. Very quickly, it snowballed into just hate videos. And you go, well, I don't agree with this. And then ex- they had such extreme opinions where it's basically they destroyed the Rise of Skywalker before it even came out. And it's kind of, and they were like, uh, they found a script leak and they released the, everyone mm. just sort of like released the script and they talked about the script. And you go, what is the point in that? You've. Mm. It's true, you've, actually. You've I, ruined it for yourself. When it, when it first came out, the things I remember people really criticising it for were like things like, oh, it's so ridiculous. At the start, they drop bombs from a spaceship in space. And you go, oh, I was fine with that. That's not it at all. That's perfectly fine. I didn't have a problem with that. It's, no. it's Star, Star Wars. Wars. It's, yeah. you know. Things make oh, noises gravi- when they spl- the, explode. There's and gravity make- in space, is there? Um, well, you don't know if it's gravity. It might be like... <laughs> Hmm. It's trying to look like a World War Two bomber, yeah. so I get it. I like the imagery. I thought the image, I thought it looked amazing. Hmm. What I didn't like was uh, Donald Gleeson uh, yeah. being Playing a different character than he was in the first. Film. A completely different character in the first film, doing like uh, <laughs> that joke about not being able to yeah. hear each other on the phone, yeah. and, uh, the and then him getting like beaten around. Of, uh, he's like a kind of. World War Two kind of Nazi. He's, in the I second one, he's like Rigsby from uh, Rising Damp. He's genuinely kind of like a scary Nazi character in the first one when he does that big speech. It is a bit like Star Wars Junior, though, isn't it? Because he's so much mm. younger than any of the <laughs> bad guys in the first trilogy. But, like, um, yeah, it's, it's just like... He's, well, and, and Ryan, Ryan Johnson was sort of, like, delighted with himself, saying, I just thought it would be fun to start with a Monty Python. Uh, sketch at the beginning of the movie. You go, that's all. It's that's <laughs> one of the most. That is the bit for me where you go, oh, yeah, straight away you pulled no. out, aren't you? You're, and then oh, there'd be a right. moment like that. I would say every ten minutes in yeah. the film that made me go, oh, like the bit when they're putting coins in BBA and it just goes on for ages, and you go, oh, oh, the bit when Luke Skywalker brushes uh, brushes his shoulder when he gets, and it's such like a. 2017, maybe 2016, kind of like meme of him when he appears on the on the planet crate <laughs> and he brushes his shoulder down like I, I mean business, and you go, oh, it's that's like modern Earth. That's mm. not. It's just it was just like all of that stuff and yeah. But I don't mind. Make him a hermit. Kill him off. Mm. Do what you like. Hey but, Nick, are we talking about the last Jedi? Yeah. But no, but the interesting. So, so when when Terminator <laughs> Salvation was getting made, yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, sorry, guys, this is loads of spoilers for Terminator Salvation. <laughs> what year was that? Two thousand and eight. Yeah, I never saw it. 
You never saw two, uh, seven, yeah, eight, Was it 2008? Terminator Salvation. This is the... All right, it was Terminator Salvation. Come back to that, right? Terminator Salvation is the fourth one, is it? Or fifth one? Uh, fourth. Fourth, so it's, um, so it's Christian McGee Bale. and Christian Bale. So the thing that happened with Terminator Salvation, right, is that it, that was being made just at the time that the internet was being at its most influential, where places like Ain't It Cool News could make or break your movie. Mm. If Harry Knowles... Uh, do you remember Harry Knowles? Do you remember Harry Knowles? <laughs> he went missing after 2016, didn't he? Uh, so Harry Knowles, uh, he, if he said that he liked a film, uh, then it would be a hit. And if he said he didn't like a film, of Ain't It Cool News fan, fame, if he said that he didn't like a film, then people would avoid it, mm-hmm. right? And uh, they did a script leak on Terminator. So Terminator Civilization originally was about... <clears throat> um, uh, Marcus, who is the... What's his name? Oh, my God. He made those three films back in 2008. And then Marcus. Sam Worthington. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was, like, the next big thing. Mm. So before he'd made a single film, he was in mm. Avatar, Terminator Salvation, and Clash of the Titans, attached to three huge franchises. Yeah. And then he disappeared for a while, and then he turned up again in... What was that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie about... Um, it was like a, they were about a SWAT team that's getting picked off one by one. Oh, dang. Uh, it was like a slasher movie, SWAT team movie. I think it begins with S. What was that film called? There's, anyway, there's this unrecognisable guy in it. It's like really grim. It's kind of Terminator... Uh, uh, no, it's Terminator, Arnie. Uh, <laughs> what's the name of that film? Come, please. Look so it, Sam uh, Worthington only looking, does films looking? that are vaguely associated Sabotage, with... Sabotage, that's it's called, Sabotage. Jim Cameron movies. Um... So he does well, Avatar. Not, not Clash of the Titans. Oh, uh, yeah, not Clash of the Titans. So, but he made this... But I see what you're saying, because of... Uh, so, Sabotage. So, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays, like, this crooked um, DEA agent, and they do a drugs bust, and oh, and they steal all this money. And then there's, like, ten of them. They're all in on it, and then one by one. It's based on Agatha Christie. What? Like, Really? Well, I don't think you're allowed to say the title of the Agatha Christie. Well, it's now called And Then There Were None, isn't it? And Then There Were None, was that it? And, yeah, that, yeah I guess lots but, of lots of. But that was ten there, little... Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. It's racist. Really racist. The Five Dolls of August Moon by Mario well, Barber is based on they that changed, as well. They changed it from... By Mario Barber? Mm. Well, they changed it from the racist title to another title that which has racist. since become quite racist. <laughs> and then they've gone... And Then There Were None. Yeah, safe, uh, isn't it? Um, safe. Safe. And then there were no usable titles. Um, uh, but, yeah, so it's based on that. So okay. there's ten of them, and then they're all getting picked off one by one, and, and, and it's kind of... But they're all really fucking... It's David Ayers. Oh, yeah. Didn't he do that just before Suicide Squad? Must have been then. So when Suicide Squad comes out, and that is, you know, you can't follow it at all, and they, re- they introduce hmm. Will Smith's character three separate times hmm. in the first 40 minutes. To be honest, that's probably how they should have done Suicide Squad. Exactly what? like the plot of Sabotage. That's exactly what they should have. But, <laughs> and you go, well, how would he have known that? Well, he's already made it. <laughs> he's just done it. You know, there are other... He, oh, he did, he did uh, oh, Fury. Fury. After. I've not seen Fury. I haven't. It's, it's, uh, that feels like a different director. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That feels like a class, yeah. Brad Pitt's Fury. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, but you, go, you look at Suicide Squad and you go, well, there was Predator, there was Con Air... There was your own movie, Sabotage, <laughs> your own movie, Fury, which is a men-on-a-mission film. You know, 
uh, or person on a mission film, but fucking. But Suicide Squad, the whole plot of it, like if you look at anything about Suicide Squad as like a comic book thing, they go, "What is it?" They go, "It's basically like the Dirty Dozen." And they go, "Right." Just well, do how that. do we do a film based on a thing that's based on the Dirty Dozen? You go, just make the Dirty Dozen. Just d- what I would do. First thing I would do is I would get the script for the Dirty Dozen, <laughs> uh, and I'd put it into final draft. Yeah. And so I, would, find I would find replace all of their main names. I would yeah. do that. Um, okay. Then just give it a rewrite Hitler, and you probably... Yeah. the Joker. Make the Joker the main <laughs> villain. It is. It's, like, it's such an easy thing to like... Because you think you know what the film is. You go, oh, yeah, I get it. It's this. And you watch it. And it's like you then you go, no, I don't. I don't know what this is at all. It doesn't make sense. But the whole plot of it is, is just an easy... It's like, oh, yeah, it's the villains. They get sent on suicide missions... And some of them will make it, some of them won't. It's the Dirty Dozen. It's exactly like the Dirty Dozen. Yeah. Dirty Dozen, they're all, they're all going to prison, aren't they? Or they're all on yeah, death they're, row. They're basically give them that one chance. And you've got they, like they one would. chance, you get a pardon if you survive. And it's yeah. kind of like, yeah. That, but they've made that with the Dirty Dozen. In actual fact, that's what Suicide Square, Squad, not just similar to, that's what it's originally based mm-hmm. on, isn't it? So mm-hmm. you just like go, right. And they'll do a thing. On the third act, they'll say, they were never actually going to let you out. And then they turn. And then they turn, turn on the them. And then they go full Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all the film was. They Everyone f- thought they knew what they were going to watch. Full corner. Everyone was happy with it. And when it came everyone, out. Everyone just wanted to rewatch one of the several films that they'd watched that exactly like it and yeah. premise beforehand. <laughs> and do one with supervillains. Supervillains. Yeah. According to Shia LaBeouf, David Ayer is a full subscriber, in quotes, of Christianity. So, I, I know quite a lot of Christians. <sighs> what's Shia Booth? what's he doing religion shaming people <laughs> uh, it's the one that's it's the ones that start wars are the problems not David Ayer who made Suicide Squad breaking news you can't blame Suicide Squad on Jesus can you <laughs> fucking hell what about uh, this um, Birds of Prey film is weird because it looks it's like it's a sequel to the Suicide Squad yeah it looks Squad. like a sequel to Suicide Squad but in a way where they've just gone you loved this didn't you and the other one's like nah we didn't like it <laughs> I don't think anyone liked it, did they? Did people like it? Well, I guess the, it must have made money. Do you know right? who liked the Suicide Squad? Who'd like Suicide Squad? The people who liked Suicide Squad were teenage boys. And what have they made? They've made. <laughs> well, this is this is like the Suicide Squad, but it's aimed specifically at women. And you go, cool. Um, all of those women that buy the comic books. I think they do now. I think they fucking, do. Mm, suicide Squad. Fifteen-year-old boys loved it. We've made a sequel to that that excludes them. Okay. Maybe they'll like it because it's got women in. Oh, they don't now, do they? they but they've, they deli- they've, they've deliberately <laughs> desexualized everything. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. It's, so it's not. Mm. Which is fine. That's great. You're not allowed to make opinions. But like, breaking news from Natalie: the coronavirus virus is now in the UK. Is it in Fubar? Is it in Fubar? Are you got it? Oh, no. Hey, lads, lovely to hear you. What is your favourite picky mixy sweetie? Cola bottles were always a winner. For- oh, we've, just, we gone we've, on to, we've just, just gone on to... We've uh, just kind of covered this. We've just kind of, anyway, so Terminator Salvation. What happened with Terminator Salvation? Oh, yeah. Um, I think Birds of Prey uh, looks fine. It's meant to be hard R. Is it? Like it's, it's meant to be... It doesn't look it. It no, looks very... Apparently they can't use much of the footage in the trailer. Oh, right, OK. I, do you know what? The, I hated to... I walked out of Suicide Squad. 
I'm probably not going to go and see. Feels like a bit of a. I, I barely made it through Shazam. I like Shazam. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I am desperately looking forward to Wonder Woman too, though. Oh, yeah. Wonder Woman 1984. I still think that was one of the best trailers I've ever seen. <laughs> funny. And, I, and I loved that first film. That's it. Maybe I just like Wonder Woman now. Maybe that's it. Nothing mm. wrong with liking Wonder Woman. She's like, my new best friend. <laughs> Terminator. Nice. I, Terminator but, salvation. That's sad, isn't it? I've imaginarily friend-zoned myself. <laughs> <laughs> of course, she's Wonder Woman. Of course. And, you know, you don't want to get in the way of oh. her and Chris Pine. No, he's good, isn't he, Chris Pine? He's fucking brilliant. That's so funny, that, that bit at the end. End of the trailer, when he goes, oh, yeah. they're in the Museum of Modern Art, and he goes up to the bin. <laughs> but it's, not, it's, not, it's not that the joke is funny, it's the way that they both nail the joke. He goes up to... Anyway, got to see it. Anyway, Terminator Salvation. So whatever Terminator Salvation was, the original... Um, so it was a complete mess. Christian Bale is in the movie. Uh, Sam Worthington is playing the lead. Uh, the ending is a bit of a weird ending. And uh, the whole film is building up to this one moment in this film. Uh, and, and, and it doesn't happen, right? And Christian Bale doesn't really have a point to be in the film. <laughs> and it's weird. So what happened was originally... Christian Bale plays John Connor. Originally, they wanted Christian Bale to play the Terminator. Oh, really? Okay. And John Connor wasn't in the film. He was a voice on the radio, and he was a symbol of peace, and uh, a, 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 symbol, a symbol of the resistance. And so he would be kind of like this voice that came on the radio and in the background of scenes and stuff, and they'd all sort of like listen to John Connor and they'd go, we must keep fighting. Uh, and, Christ, and Christian Bale would be kind of like the Sam Worthington character. And um, then what happened was uh, Christian Bale was like, I want to play John Con 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 John Connor, John Carpenter. I want to play John Connor, right? And uh, <laughs> I want to play John Connor. And they were like, "Oh right, okay." Well, he's not really a part. And he said, "He said, I know. Beef it up." <laughs> so they added this character that is not in integral. How do to these things happen in films? Why can't they just say to actors, "No"? Which part do you want to be? Yeah. <laughs> like I want to be before, John Connor. Before they've ever got to this point, fine. We'll pay you three days for ADR. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they, there's this. Uh, Why the, do they let actors do this? So he's in this. Um, so they write this extra subplot with John Connor, where he's not in. You can take him out of the film, and it doesn't really matter, except for when he appears at the end, which is I think when he was going to appear anyway, right? So then the script gets leaked on Ain't It Cool News. Everyone reads the script, or the people read... The, no, no one reads the fucking script. The people that run the site read the script, and they give a breakdown, and everyone is so outraged, they send so much hate mail to McGee that they go, oh, no, that was an old draft of the script. That's not what we're shooting. And then when you watch the film, you go, you were making that film, and you just changed the ending. But what the film is... <coughs> is that John Connor is a symbol for the resistance, right? Uh, and at the end of the... Not that it matters anymore, because they've fucked around with it since, but, like, um, at the end of the film, John Connor gets uh, gets killed. So um, they take the, f the skin off the Terminator, Sam Worthington's Terminator, uh, and they replace it with John Connor's. And... What? 
So they give a, a, a skin transfusion to the Terminator. But, like, through a machine, they don't, like, cut his skin off. <laughs> I don't think they just hollow him out. <laughs> but they kind of, like, but basically... They put him on, like, a glove. It might just be his face, do you know what I mean? But they basically do some sort of uh, transfusion where, basically, they, um, the Terminator ends up having uh, John Connor's outer body. Mm. And he's the Terminator inside uh, because John Connor is dead. And they use the Terminator so that they can continue having like this symbol of um, of an alive man. Yeah, of an alive man. But he's good, very much like what they did with Batman, where he's a symbol. Mm. He's more than a thing. And that was the that was the thing. But when you watch the film, what happens is John Connor gets shot. He's gonna die, and then Sam Worthington gives him a blood transfusion, and then uh, Christian Bale doesn't die. Oh. And then that's the end. And you go, so you're basically, you're making the film and then you just tack on this weird, like, it's like a toothless ending that's kind of like, either just do the ballsy thing and kill John Connor, who until then hasn't died in any of the films. Uh, kill John Connor and then, uh, and then you've got like this absolutely fucking insane ending where you've got John Connor that's reanimated as a Terminator. I don't mind that so much. And you just go, at least it's got like a point of view. Mm. The other one, he gets, a he gets a blood transfusion. Now he's all, mm, come on. So it was, it's, it's weird, yeah. Anyway, but that's what happens. You, you, you know, if, if, the, if the ending to Back to the Future 2 was leaked... Mm. They'd have panicked, and then they would have made another film, and then I think this more and more just let people do whatever. Just make, just let them make let the them film. Do it. Because it seems to me that most of the uh, problems with films in the last maybe ten years yeah. has been because everyone's trying to second guess the audience. Yeah, and it used to, like Empire Strikes Back, for instance, they'd never have made Empire Strikes Back. Mm. Well, Darth Vader's Luke's dad. That's silly. He said he wasn't. Yeah. So just how does that make? Does that make sense? Obi Wan said he killed him. Do you, do you know what I mean? Mm, it's just kind it of like the, 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 everyone will be fact checking everything. It's like explosions in space. Like you said, it's just like. So I just think that there was a period of time when all of the classic movies that everyone agrees that they liked were made before the internet. Mm. And now you've got all of these films that have made, been made right. since, which is kind of like. Mm, I don't really like it. And then. I think there's that thing now when they have that thing about um, that Superman film that Tim Burton was going to make. And I do think, yeah, I reckon it probably would have been a disaster. <coughs> but I'd quite like it to have existed now. Do you know what I mean? It's the kind of thing... It, well, even it if it was so bad, you'd 90s, be like, yeah. Even if it was bad, you'd still, it still feels like the kind of thing you go, I could watch that. And actually, like you say, ultimately, it doesn't matter. Because they definitely would have just done another one They'd at have made some another point. One. But, they would have been, but what it would have been, would it have been like, a, like one million percent fresh take on the Christopher Reeve stuff? Mm. You know, when they did reboot it, they rebooted it with John Williams' score. They tried to get a guy that acted... Well, they did. They got mm. a, like Brandon, yeah, Brandon like Ruth him. was great. He was great. Mm. Um, he's back in it, isn't he? They did it in a TV show. So in a TV it. show, yeah. They do, like, a multiverse, don't they? Mm. Um, I, do, I don't care. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, it's, uh, so, so the Tim Burton thing with Nicolas Cage with long hair, wearing, like, a plastic Batman rubber nipple suit. And... Um, he also, as Clark Kent, would just have that long hair and he'd wear a jacket. He used to wear, like, a sort of Miami Vice jacket with a, a, a Mickey Mouse T-shirt. And the idea was that he was just, like... It, he was, like, what would, what would, like, a massive, like, sort of out-of-touch guy look like? So rather than make him look like a sort of nerdy guy, he's sort of nerdy in a way that he looks like he's from 10 years earlier. So he dresses, like... 
he's in Miami Vice. Like he's he's sort of ten years behind the times, and he's got this sort of ridiculous kind of Mickey Mouse T-shirt. See, now I think that sounds awful, right? But like you say, I would love to have seen that. Yeah. Because what they do now is they. Um, I, that is such a bonkers interpretation. It's not of like it. bad taste, like bad taste, kind of. And it's like it's like yeah, it is it? But totally bonkers interpretation. See what they do. I think what they're doing with uh, stuff like Birds of Prey is that they're going uh, right. This is the zeitgeist at the moment. Mm. We're going to make something that is trying to be fashionable uh, for what's happening right now. And by the time it gets made, it's sort of like a little bit. It's not. It's not essentially what people are. I mean, I haven't seen it. No. I don't know. But this is what I'm listening to. Although it's trying trying to to kind of like get his finger on the pulse, but the pulse is like, by the time they've made the film, things have moved on slightly. You know, lots of stuff, like the Picard show, is kind of like this anti-Trump Star Trek series. Is it? I've not seen it. Okay, it doesn't really interest me. It's all about, I mean, I'm not really into it, but people are like upset about it because Star Trek is all about a bright, happy future. And what they've done is they've gone, well, the Federation are all evil because they're all racist because they let all the Romulans die. And now Picard has got to stand up against the The Federation, who are the far right. Mm. And you go, okay. Interesting thing. That's an interesting take. But also, I, I would say that what I love most about any Star Trek is that. Everyone got on with each other, and it's a happy. It's like a comforting, happy. Like, but I'm talking about not talking about next generation. I'm talking about specifically Star Trek for the Voyage Home. Mm. Well, I think I was there's that blue man on that spaceship, and he's really cool. He's got white hair. He's got a white bowl cut and little uh, things <laughs> that come out of the top of his head. Um, I think I was talking to you about that in comparison to the Last Jedi about how um, it's like Star Wars fan. I think a bit that like Star Wars. It does feel like. There is a tone to it, and there are things that just are and aren't Star Wars, right? Whereas I think for me, I'm not I'm not particularly into Star Trek that much, and I can take or leave it. And to me, when they want to do something different with Star Trek, I always go, oh, "That sounds interesting." Like to me, when it's like oh, Quentin Tarantino's writing a Star Trek film, you go, "Oh, that's interesting." Just, but then the Star Trek fans are like, "What?" They're up in arms about it. But I go, "Why? What's that's all right, isn't it?" I that's think that's someone really, who's like but, a big screenwriter writing a thing for you. Pat, you think you'd jump at the chance? Yeah, but, and Patrick Stewart was saying there might be some f bombs, you know, <laughs> and, and people are like. What, in Star Trek? They don't know how to swear in the future. Don't you remember in Star Trek 4 when they were on the bus and he says it's, uh, you know, colloquial slang? They don't know what swearing is. So why would they suddenly be swearing? It's not like because it's on at 6 o'clock on on BBC2. It's because they don't swear in the future. So it's kind of like people are... People are, I, do you know what? I, have a, I suspect that all the people that hated The Last Jedi didn't like it for different reasons from why I didn't like it. Mm. I think I didn't like them for my own very specific things. <laughs> and I just thought, that's, I t- tell you what, it just feels like it was an easy fix. Just mm. like, oh, if you didn't do that, that and that, it would have been, been fine. But people are, you know. But my point being that I think now people are trying to second guess what the general public, are, and I think yeah, try and give give them something that they want, but give them something that they don't know that they want. Whereas mm. what we're doing is we're demanding it, or not we, me and you, mm. but people are demanding what they want, and then people they're getting listened to, mm. which is why the rise of Skywalker was such a fucking mess. But it wasn't anything; it was completely. Di- when George Lucas cut Jar Jar Binks out of Attack of the Clones, mm. did I tell you this on air? 
I don't know, going. He called when he was writing Attack of the Clones. He oh, knew yes. how much he, he hated. That did. did if it's on air or not. He knew how much everyone hated Jar Jar Binks. So when he started writing Attack of the Clones, he didn't call it Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. And his uh, in his final draft, when he was typing it up, he called it uh, the lo- something like um, the Further Adventures of Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> and then he rewrote him, he wrote him out of it, but he didn't change the story. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He didn't sort of like he already had the story. He just took a character out that people yeah. didn't like, which I was annoyed with because I just thought you've made us go to, just make the character better. You've made us sit through two hours of him, so now it's absolutely pointless. And it's kind of to an extreme with the new ones, which is like they don't like that. Oh God, we'll change everything. Oh, they don't like that. We'll change it back. Again, and it was sort of. Um, I guess it probably does need like an authored voice. All these things, don't they? So it's almost like I hate that. I re- and I hate that thing when the prequels were coming out, where there was this thing. Empire magazine were doing a thing like going, "Why don't they just let Peter Jackson make the Star Wars films now?" And you just go, "Get out! What are you talking about?" Because they love the Lord of the Rings films, and they go, "Well, you should just make Star Wars now and not let George." And it's like it's his films. You can't just take a George Lucas. You can't take this they're thing not, off him that's his thing. Not just his films, but they're his company. Mm. He can't get... Like, they're independent movies. Mm. They're not for 20th Century Fox. They were released under 20th yeah, Century yeah. Fox. But the big thing about him selling Lucasfilm to uh, Disney, Disney is the fact that Lucasfilm is the equivalent of Disney. Mm. It's not as big as Disney, and it's only got the one... Well, Indiana Jones aren't yeah. independent films, I don't think. They're paramount. But the, the Star Wars films are just all George Lucas, right? So he's got his own studio, he makes them at his studio, and then he, they get released under hmm. 20th Century Fox. So Empire Strikes Back was a massive risk at the time, wasn't it? It was basically all his money and investors and... Well, that's you know, he, he got. He do. got sued. So, the, so he got sued when he made the Empire Strikes Back because when they did the original Star Wars, he had to haggle from the fact that under the Writers Guild, um, it has to say at the front of the film... Uh, written by, directed by, you know, under if you're one member of the Screen Writers Guild. And uh, uh, what happened with uh, Star Wars was uh, they said, we're opening it like this, and it's going to be like this, and they go, well, you wrote it and directed it, so if you're happy with that, that's fine. Um, and his name comes straight up at the end of the credits mm. because it opens with the opening crawl and the big Star Wars sign. When they did Empire Strikes Back, he didn't write it and he didn't direct it. And so it starts with the Lucasfilm logo, and they said, well, this looks like you're taking credit for it. Okay. So they f- fined him $25 million, Oh, wow. $10 million. And he was so angry, he paid it, but he left the Screenwriters Guild, and he never went back. He was just like, fuck you. But Empire Strikes Back was a completely independent film. Um, so it's different. But when you were talking about Tim Burton's Superman, you go, Nicolas Cage has got this hot take on what he's going to do with the character, and it doesn't sound like it's trying to please anyone <laughs> other than him going, what is the weirdest take that I can have on this character yet still be sort of true to the character? And it's kind of like this thing where he goes, well, he hasn't got glasses, and he's not wearing a suit, and he's not bumbling around. It's kind of like, no, I'm doing something completely different. But it's still sort of like... The, and it sounds awful, but it yeah. also sounds like... I really want to see it yeah. because it sounds like, <laughs> yeah. like such a spectacular misfire. Yeah. It would be one of those, what the fuck were they thinking when they made this? Um, but but like, they make films like that now yeah, anyway. Of course they do. It'd have happened anyway. They just happened with something else. And it'd be fine. It'd just now just be another one that came out that you could watch. And if you chose not to watch it, you wouldn't watch it. But it'd still be like, exist. Like, yeah, you could watch that as a little curiosity. Oh, God. 
I'm just thinking that I'm, I want to see. I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to build up the um, interest to see Birds of Prey so that I can be fair about it all. But, I mean, I hate his Suicide Squad so much. <laughs> oh, and Justice League. Oh, yeah. I mean, fucking hell. I saw that at IMAX. <laughs> I saw that just before you did. Remember? And you said it was all right. No, I didn't. I came out of the cinema and you were in the pub and uh, I walked past and you said, he said, oh, what are you doing here? I said, I just went to see Justice League. He said, oh, that's what we're going to see. He said, what's it like? And I said, it's awful. Was it just before? I think you were going into the show in after. I went to IMAX though, right? Oh, I thought you saw it. I saw it at, oh, did I see it at IMAX? You're talking about Leicester Square? Yeah. I think I'd just seen you come out of Wonder Woman. No, it was... um, uh, Justice League. Justice League. Hmm. Or maybe I was going to go and see it a couple of days later. But fucking hell, you can sit at IMAX, put in two drinks and a popcorn, 75 quid. What? 75 quid. I think it probably would be, wouldn't it? It's like 25 quid, isn't it? Just for a ticket. Fucking, absolutely fucking insane. To see, I would say... <laughs> 75 pounds to watch I Justice mean, proportionately, League. it's the worst film I've ever paid money for. <laughs> like pound for pound. Yeah. But um, well, I think like, the, the first thing I think about the other day... It's not our, the worst film I've ever seen. No. We got into that for free. I liked... <laughs> <laughs> I liked... Uh, you know, I liked Wonder Woman, but I wasn't, I wasn't as enamoured of it as a lot of people were. But, like, I, when Justice League started, I couldn't believe that thing where it's like... Uh, she, she appears and it's just like a close-up of her ass in IMAX. And you go, what? You can't, you can't do this if you just made Wonder Woman. Like it was, <laughs> it, it was, it was insane. I mean, that is like what I mean. That's the opposite of my point about Birds of Prey. I'm not like saying that everyone has to be sexy and everything like that. But um, uh, what I thought, I thought Wonder Woman sort of like fit that thing where she was kind of like comic book accurate, yeah. but also at the same time she was just this really strong female. Yeah, strong female. If, if they were going to do that, you should have like recast it or something. It just to be like, like the idea when that's they in did, the same universe. When they like, did Justice League, it was just like, how can you do that to Wonder Woman? Like <laughs> she was just so, but not just sexualized. It wasn't like she was sexy. It was just literally uh, stand in front of that camera. We're just going to film your ass. Yeah. It wasn't like she was doing anything. It was <laughs> like it was like they'd literally gone behind her back and they'd exploited her. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Not just the character, but Gal Gadot. And everyone's Is having Gal Gadot? all the jokes. Gadot. Gal Gadot? I don't know. I think it's Gal Gadot. It might be Gadot. Um, I don't think it's Gadot. I think we've be. all been saying it wrong. And all the characters I, make, make jokes about having sex for all time. As if that's like part of their... Yeah. Like, what? Like each all one of... Yeah. The only one that doesn't <laughs> want to fuck her is a cyborg, and he has no dick. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of it's it's so weird. It's such a bit like it's such a like. It's horrible. You're going, what a horrible like. It's, uh, it's horrible. And she's just there going. Yeah. Oh, there's a, a bit where rolling her eyes and being like, you go what? Flash. Completely different character. The, the Flash jumps on her and then he gets off her really quickly and it's just like ha 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 and he's there like going oh I've accidentally you know sexually harassed you and then there's Aquaman and he's sitting on her lasso and he basically sexually harasses her and then uh, Bruce Wayne says I think Wonder Woman's just just a really uh, great person and Alfred goes yeah sure you don't want to fuck her (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of does Superman try and fuck her I don't know I don't know it's just it's horrible it's horrible 
Horrible. It's really weird and film, it's, and it's and it's rubbish. It's rubbish as well. Yeah, it's, but it's, it, <laughs> but it's kind and of, it's about eighty minutes. The company's like, well, why is this film? Hey <laughs> guys, release the Snyder cut. It's Gal Gadot, not Gadot. Is it really? Because I've heard that it's Gadot. No, Gadot. The other thing about Justice League is the whole plot of Justice League was basically the same as the plot of the Avengers, where they've got these things they have to collect. So it's instead of being like the Infinity Gems. Oh, it's the same. It's the film. mother boxes. Well, it's the same film. It's just kind of like, and uh, they've got the guy that directed Avengers to come in and replace. I mean, yeah. you know, it's fucking. But what it's like is it's like Bad Boys for Life, where you watch it and you go, it it it's trying to emulate. Have you seen it? Yeah. It's trying to emulate Michael Bay, mm-hmm. but it feels even though there's no real evidence in front of the camera, it still feels Michael Bay light. And when you watch uh, Justice League, it feels like it's trying to be 100% Zack Snyder. But there's something about it that you just like, go, it, it feels like it's Zack Snyder light. Um, I was going to say, should we play a song? Got to play a song and then you tell me what you thought about... Bad Boys for Life. Okay, so it has been confirmed that it is, it is Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Yeah, and also uh, me talking about this slippery, slidey slope that I've had over the last couple of years watching YouTube. Oh, yeah. Vitriol on YouTube. Just a lot of awful people with awful opinions. It's like one of those things that Ramesh always said. It's like, if you don't agree with someone on Facebook... Uh, don't delete them, follow them, find out what their opinions are. And you go on YouTube, you find just absolutely disgusting <laughs> people. Um, and, you know, you can sort of like end up kind of like going, it's like if you listen to Nigel Farage all the time, his secret is being quite reasonable on LBC. So you'll be sat in the car listening to it, you know, and going, he doesn't sound that much of a fascist. And uh, and that's the that's the trick, isn't it? That's what gets you. It's important to remember that a lot of these YouTubers uh, have no life experience. Mm. And I heard someone talk about the FBI this week, and they pronounced it Federal Bureau of <laughs> Investigation. <laughs> and you go, oh, you don't know the word bureau. <laughs> and I don't know why a ten a twelve year old would know the word bureau. It's a it's a word that I learned off my grandparents because they had a bureau. Bureau, right? Yeah, yeah. But the federal borough is funny because it's like people it's like people have only read words. Yeah. And they've never heard it. But it's like Gal Gadot, isn't it? It's Gal Gadot. So, Bad Boys for Life. We've both seen it. Yeah, I'd watched all the Bad Boys. Did you watch them in prep? I watched them in prep. Watched Bad Boys 1. I went, really good movie. Really good movie, Bad Boys. Sure. Can I say one thing about that? Sure. Michael Bay is such a, uh erratic... Uh, confusing director mm-hmm. that Bad Boys is essentially it's the Prince and the Pauper, right? Yes. You have Will Smith who plays a um, a playboy mm-hmm. millionaire who is free and easy, yeah. and then you've got a uh, henpecked, uh, stressed out uh, f- uh, hus- husband and father, family man who is you know very anxious all the time, and a woman witnesses a murder and she has to find Will Smith, but Will Smith's not available. So Martin Lawrence has got to pr- has got to, and you go on paper, Martin Lawrence has got to pretend to be Will Smith for the film, mm. and on paper, you go yeah. I, 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 show me that film. Yeah. Michael Bay 
is incapable of making a film that coherent. So that is a part of the film, but that's not the plot of the film. No. It's, it's, it's mental. You just like go, this film is overly confusing <laughs> is, compared yeah. to what you've done. You've, it's, it's, it's like, that's not the film that you made. That's the film that you set you out know, to make. Right? Bad Boys. I mean, you go, yeah, I guess that is it. Bad Boys, 95. Yeah. And the reason why you go, oh, Martin Lawrence gets top billing. It's because when you look it up, Will Smith has basically only done Six Degrees of Separation and uh, 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 Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. No, I think it's alphabetical. Oh, maybe. I think yeah. there's big... But like, it was like saying like, no one wanted Will Smith in it. I think they're big stars. I think they're, I think they're equally... Thank you. Uh, that's T arrived. I think they're equally <laughs> big stars at that time. Or equally yeah. medium stars, so they've done it alphabetically. They wanted... Um, it was originally... It, it cost $30 million, which even then seems quite low. It wasn't like a massive film. It's $30 million Well, film. Last Action Hero had come out in 93, yeah. and that was $130 million, wasn't it? Oh, wow. So this is 95 and it's a $30 million movie. But all the money's on screen. It's quite impressive. And it's also Michael Bay's first film. So they're really... He's, his, thing, if he, his thing is if he messes it up, he's never going to be able to make a film. Mm-hmm. So he's going for it, and he's really young. He's about 28 or something at the time. And it was going to be... The Brookheimers like, um, set it off as a $10 million action movie, and it was going to be... The, the cast for it was... Dana Carvey, John Lovitz. Fuck me. It was a Dana Carvey, John Lovitz action movie, action comedy film. I mean, I love John Lovitz, and I'm going to stop talking. That (laughs) sounds... Have you ever seen Clean Clean Slate starring Dana Carvey? No. No. It's like The Master of Disguise without the disguises. (laughs) (laughs) But you had this thing where it was just... That's what it was going to be. And then I think someone pulled out or... Someone didn't want to do it. That was meant to be what Bad Boys was. Wow. And then um, then it was Martin Lawrence, and then they're all happy with it. Then it was going to be like, right, well, then who should we get to be the other guy? And the guy. other guy, no, but then it was always, they'd kind of already decided it's going to be a black guy. And then they wanted Arsenio Hall. Sure. And then I think, then I think it was Michael Bay who said, no, nah, Arsenio Hall's like, it's not him. Let's get Will Smith. He's like this guy who's on TV. And it's like, and they were a bit like, yeah, all right. And they did it as they... They kind of acquiesced to that. Senior Hall's really good in coming to America. Yeah. And that wasn't that much before it. No, and you can kind of imagine him playing a sort of playboy. But what you want is you want an up-and-coming guy. Yeah. That's interesting. Did not know that. Um, I that just, but I, what I think is really progressive about it is it's a bickering cop movie where they're both black. And you mm. go, yeah, good. Uh, Bad Boys 2. Watch afterwards. Yeah. Rubbish. Awful. <laughs> it's horrible. It's, it's really mean spirited <laughs> really and is. horrible. When you talk about that, because like when when uh, when Michael Bay starts, he's basically like he wants to be Tony Scott, and you can sort of see him doing all that kind of moving camera stuff. But by the time Bad Boys Two come out, it's basically doing like three sixties and like it's like what what are you trying to show me? What we what are we supposed to be looking at? It weirdly <laughs> takes the energy out of scenes <laughs> as well. There's the bit when they do the camera pan uh, where they're on two sides of the wall fighting the Jamaicans. Yes. And the camera goes all the way around. <laughs> uh, and you just like, go, they've all had to wait to do the action for that. It was... Um, but what it made me think, when you, when you watch the making of stuff, it's like, they're all having a good time. They're all having a good time. And Michael Bay even has this thing where, like, he does seem a bit mad and a bit... But even he's like, you know, he's trying to have a nice time on set. But I think he's like, I imagine he'd be quite a wearing person to work with. Um, but then... Well, he's, he's meant to be, like, yeah, difficult to work with. 
Oh, right. Yeah, I think what, what I think he looks like, I think he's probably quite annoying, is what I thought. But he's trying to make everyone have a nice time. You don't get the impression he's being like... I think he's like an alpha male. Like, a, like yes, an alpha male is. jock, and he's also very technical. I think and he's, he's, an, he's interesting in gadgets. I think, he's, I think he's an alpha male guy, but he's a nerd. That's what I think. It. I think he wants to be that kind an of... An alpha nerd. I think he's like an alpha nerd. And then what he, uh, and I think that if you're an actor, you're probably like a special effect to him. Mm. I remember that when he was making that Transformers, I can't remember, who's, who's, the, um, who's the comedian that was in um, uh, her Silicon Valley? Uh, oh, I know. Oh, oh God. J.D. Mm. T.J. Miller. T.J. Miller. And I remember that there were stories about him on the set of Transformers 5, was it? And uh, Michael Bay would be like, just be funny! We've hired you to be funny! Be funny! And he was just like, what do you want me to do? And he's just like, just be funny! We've hired you! We've hired you to do a job and you're not even funny! Just be funny! And so uh, Michael Bay didn't get on with him. So he's like one of the only humans that dies in that film. And he dies in a horrible (laughs) way where they're all escaping. And then he gets zapped by this fireball. And his whole body gets uh, crisped up (laughs) and frozen in kind of like ash. And then it explodes. And it's just like Michael Bay hated him so was just like just be funny and it's kind of like that's not how you talk to like that's not how you get best performances out of anyone like, you're on this big but you're getting paid so i guess that's what they say you're getting paid to do this job just do it and that's i think that's a weird thing but like yeah bad boy there's there's shots in bad boys 2 on the motorway that he reused in uh transformers oh really uh where they just cgi'd transformers over exploding vehicles and then I think they also reused the same footage in the island as well when he made the island. Oh, wow. Because they've done all this really hyper-expensive <laughs> freeway stuff. Guess he owns the rights to yeah. the footage, and so they've just reused it in three films. Uh, did you see that thing this week? John Turturro was uh, listed as being part of the new Batman film. <laughs> and did you, was and that your brackets, tweet? Yeah, in brackets. <laughs> just put John Turturro. Transformers. And you said, you fuck one go. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was very funny. Um, just, all right. So, like bad, boys bad Boys for Life. life. I loved it. And everything when we're talking about before, when you'd seen it and I hadn't, and you're talking about one and two, when I was watching one and two, I agreed with everything you'd said. And it's like, yeah, yeah. And I went, oh, so this one is apparently somewhere between the two. It's like, all right. You think it's the best? I think it's so great. I loved it. I think it's like the first one where they've nailed what that is. Like you were saying, the first one is confusing about what the setup is. The third well, one. the setup's not confusing. No. What they do with the <laughs> yeah, setup yeah. is baffling. You're just like, I don't understand how you've made this film out of that. I think they, they basically, it's the first one that has nailed what Bad Boys is and what's great about the concept of it. Oh, really? And I think it's like, it plays all that stuff of him being like the family man. Martin Lawrence is so funny. I was laughing out loud all the way through it. <laughs> uh, almost everything he says. The bit on the plane is really funny. Yeah. It's brilliant. I, I, think I, I've never really rated Martin Lawrence, and I've no. watched a bunch of Martin Lawrence films recently, and I've gone, oh, well, life. He's incredible in life. And uh, I've not seen that. I think I've he's the good. best thing in Bad Boys for Life. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's great. And he's so... But they've got that thing in it where they actually just... It's that thing that comes across in this one more than the others so much, but partly because it's like a, a film about older people. Which they now, I think yeah, it's really it's good. Really, and it's like they're older people. Because that thing about him dying his beard is is a great sort of uh, device, and having him, having him and in the hospital and all that. I just find all that stuff. It's this idea that these two guys they know each other, they've gone through it all, 
they basically love each other to bits but one is this sort of person and one is this sort of family man but they've sort of been on the same track doing the same thing but they've got different they've just gone in different directions yeah i think it's really and i think and i think the action in it is brilliant the bit where they do the motorbike and sidecar thing that action sequence which is like three action sequences put together yeah i think is incredible and it's got like sight gags in at like high speed and you're going like you're on a motorbike and you're doing like sight gags yeah. and i mean i fell asleep in that bit <laughs> really and, uh, i think it's incredible um but i was very tired i was only getting like an hour and a half two hours sleep a night at that point <laughs> in a dark room. i was i was just I, I mean i had insomnia uh my secret night nurse but um <laughs> that bit where it goes from one bit to yeah, another to, I, and i thought it's i thought God, I love... So it's got, like, these that's action the bit, sequences. That's actually the bit when I woke myself up snoring. And, <laughs> and, I'm, and I was so embarrassed because we were at a press screening and it was just like... And I, um, but, um... I know, it was great. I, and I think I was asleep for two seconds. What was... Um, yeah, I, I like... I, I mean, I liked you know, it. Like, what my, my, my biggest complaint about it was that I was sat on the second row and I couldn't see what was going mm. on for most of it. So I think that if I'd have sat further back... I would have been able to enjoy it on a whole different level. Yes, and also like it's made by these two two guys who are like I think about twenty five or something, and they're brothers. And it's this thing where you read about it, and it's like, oh, like it's a franchise that's been taken over by fans. And these guys are young enough that they will have been watching Bad Boys since they were like tiny. Well, if they're twenty five, Bad Boys was made twenty five years yeah. ago. Yeah, so it's like you go, God, they're like. They're like, and it's like they're fans. If they're sort of, it's like they get to do. But it's not the most prolific franchise. Do you know what I mean? No, but it, like Bad Boys was made twenty five years ago. Bad Boys Two was made fifteen years ago. It's a long oh, 2003, 17 years ago. Yeah. So, it's kind of yeah. I mean, it's a, it's 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 like it's, it's spread out. Yeah. It's kind of like the thing where they you know, didn't really need to revisit it when they did revisit. It, there were just there are scenes like quite early on. Uh, when it does feel really dated, the way that Will Smith is sort of like uh, ogling women in the bar and stuff. Mm. But then I think that but that's they kind, kind of, make of the point. A virtue of it, yeah, yeah. And then when they do that thing where, oh, do you know what? It's you've got these. It's like it's an action movie starring two guys, and it's all like testosterone fueled and stuff like that. And um, then they've got like this really diverse group of uh, men and women all working together that are going to do the sequel. That, you know what I mean? They're setting up this... Well, they, I think that's the worst thing about it. I don't like that because oh, it feels like this should be the last one. I don't think it's the worst thing. Of, oh, I think the worst thing about it is that they're setting up a sequel. Mm. And it, they are. Yeah. But um, there's even like a, a scene at the end of the yes, credits, uh, isn't there? Yeah. Or like at the beginning of the credits yeah. where it's kind of like, yeah, that's weird. But... Um, I don't think it's. I don't think it's the worst thing about it. I think it's the be- one of the best versions of that thing that I've seen in a film. Mm. Like when they did Expendables three and they introduced this new group, that was kind of a little bit clunky. I don't think it was so bad. I was like, what, what are you expecting? Not only are these people younger and more physically able to do a lot of the stunts yes. that's required, but they're free as well. They're available. You haven't got to wait seventeen years for their schedules to clear up. Yeah, they're all like they can new just guys. do it. And but, but also, I like that it doesn't treat them it doesn't sort of brush them off it gives them all these moments and they all get these little kind of action or little character moments and things that do feel really related to um the main action and it is still like it's still a will smith martin lawrence vehicle and it still feels like they are in charge they're definitely the 
They're not being replaced by these younger ones. They're being like, it's almost just because it's an action movie and these guys are probably a bit too old to pull off some of the... Some of the, uh, also, I just think that they've got their thing. I think they're trying to, they're trying to do something. They're trying to bring in another audience, yeah. and they're doing it almost the, the right way. Yeah, you know, as opposed to, it doesn't. It, I mean, it feels slightly heavy-handed, but I think it will feel heavy-handed when you're introducing a whole group of uh, of side characters. You've got this young guy who's a bodybuilding nerd, yeah. and then you've got this uh, woman that's in charge of the whole gang, and you know, and everyone's kind of like you go. Everyone sort of like ticks a box where it's kind of like, oh, they're slightly, but um, it's always going to feel slightly added on when you're adding that group of people onto a film which is essentially a Two. buddy cop yeah. movie. And I think they did. A, the only thing that you know when. Not that they did it better, but when they did Lethal Weapon, the, how many films did they make? Four. Yeah. And with every four, every film they added another character. Yeah. So by the time, you know, in the third one you got Rennie, second one you got Joe Pesci, third one you got Rennie Russo, and then fourth one they added in Chris Rock. And then by yeah. the end of it you had like this quite a huge cast. But of, it's mad in, it, they do it in a terror. Like, by, by Lethal Weapon 4 is almost like unwieldy. It's well, like Lethal a, Weapon 4 is, um, uh, is a terrible, terrible film. Yeah. I mean, it starts with them catching a, show, a shark on a boat. <laughs> it starts off with a sitcom plot. And the, 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 they're fishing, and then they get a shark, and it's on a boat, and they're like going, oh, no, there's a shark on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> you go, oh, really? I, I, think, I think Bad Voice Flash is really elegant. It, feels, it reminds me of like the Mission Impossible films, where it does all those different kinds of films, and then is it like the fourth one, they kind of hit on the thing, and they go... Oh, yeah, they, no, we'll do it like this from now on. And now they're all like, whenever, who is it who does the Mission Impossibles now? Uh, JJ, no. No, who's that director? Oh, um. Is it Carnahan? Uh, no, it's the guy that did Jet Reacher. And he did um, Valkyrie. Oh, right. Who's that? McDonald? Yes, uh, it's the guy who did Macquarie, isn't it? Chris Macquarie. Usual suspects guy. Yeah. And he, um, so he, since he's taken over, it feels like they've got this. Like, they've got a real uh, formula now, right? They've gone, OK, this is how we do I don't know. But what I do know is that they needed to make a third one because the second one is so awful and it's an anomaly, I think, yeah. where you've got the first one, which is Prince and the Pauper, done weirdly, like really wrong, <laughs> where you couldn't... It's like when you say that, you go, oh, yeah, I suppose they were going for that. You go, that's what the plot is. That's what they wrote on the back of a fag packet. Yeah. It was just like, we'll do it like that. It's like meant to be like mistaken identity film, and it's not that. But it's weird because that is really the only plot. But they haven't done it. There's so many <laughs> tangents and side plots and stuff. So you got like so they do that, and then you do the second one, which is kind of like just this really ugly, huge mess. And the first one is so likable; they're mm. so likable together. Yeah. And the second one, you just think you two are fucking horrible <laughs> assholes. And then to make a third one, it's kind of like, A, you're making up for that, and B, you're kind of like putting it into context. That yeah. It wasn't It just makes the second one feel better, because it's like it's sort yeah. of retrospectively going, yeah, because that's part of the story now. And, that's now, part of the- and, now, and, and now it's also sort of like, yeah, it's, it's, it's finishing the story off, as opposed to making one sort of like botched attempt at adapting a classic, and then the second one being kind of like this tangent that doesn't go anywhere. And then you've got this third one that goes, look back on our crazy life, and one of them's going, I can't do that anymore, mm. I'm a granddad. And the other one is kind of like, but this is what we do and all I've got. 
And it's kind of like looking at that. He's been a playboy his entire life. He hasn't got any roots. He hasn't got any family uh, except for Martin Lawrence's. And, uh, and he's just like this killing machine. And then you've got the other guy who's kind of like, I don't want to do any of that anymore. Yeah. And it uses all of their age and their past adventures yeah. to sort of like put it into context. And the scene with him. Three stars. Yeah, well, the scene where he's putting there, you know, he's coming down from his first day of retirement. <laughs> And it's intercut with Will Smith putting on his big kind of cool jackets. Yeah, and Will yeah, Smith yeah. Co- I thought it was all great. I loved it. I think, absolutely I, loved it. I was surprised that they managed to find so many uh, uh, similarity shots of like yes. him sort of like with the with the clutch on his car yeah. and then, um, <laughs> so yeah. I I I still only just liked it, but mm-hmm. I mean I sat in terrible seats and I was very tired. I just realised as well. I said to Natalie, I'm going to do a very tight five minutes about bad boys for life, and we have done. 20 minutes, I think. We've got no time for fan mail. We've got to go and get our guest. Yes. So um, your song of the week is... Janet Kay. is that up? Yep. Nick Helm of Nathaniel Metcalf Fan Club. Talking to you right, folks. Hello. My first Edinburgh was 2006, and this morning I had a bagel. One, two. Found you. Right, brilliant. Uh, we're joined <laughs> in the studio now by uh, Edinburgh stalwart, Jay Foreman. Stalwart? I've never been called a stalwart before. I don't even know if I used it in the right context, but no, I, I think that's took right. a punt and I did it. Punt? Yeah, punt. So, yeah. Took? Took. Took. So, yeah. So, joined in the studio <laughs> now by Jay Foreman. What was your first Edinburgh, Jay? My first one was way back in 2006. I remember it as if it was... How many years ago is 2006? 14, 14 years, years ago. ago. No, see, that can't be right. That's when I did my <laughs> first ever gig. Really? In two th- September 2006, yeah. But 2006 was, like, it was five minutes ago, surely, because I'm still in my 20s, aren't I we I think all? I definitely met you in a, at an Edinburgh. I think I met that sounds you about right. at a gig that Sarah pa- Pierce wa- uh, ran at the... Is it called The Grapes? Yes, or? that sounds completely plausible. Yeah, yeah. In, in fact, I remember this gig. In Edinburgh. Where's The Grapes? It's sort of a couple along from assembly, the assembly rooms in in the old town. It's like a big bar. Oh big fuck! Long... I did that gig. <laughs> That's where I met Brett Goldstein. Oh really? Yeah, it's like you're in a big sort of townhouse with sort of tables yes. dotted around, and you just think this place you can't run comedy in here. I mean, that's a description of pretty much all the venues at the Fringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're normally very small with low ceilings, and this one was a huge. Oh, it's true. Place. Actually, did have a very high ceiling. This place, place is like the size of four venues. Oh no, hang on, it'd be eight venues. It'd There's be one, one I'm thinking of. Cubed. There was one I'm thinking of that was in Newtown. I think. I, I don't know if we're thinking of the same place oh. and we've remembered it in different places, but the one that Sarah Pierce ran was in this huge, like, cavernous room that's normally a restaurant. And the reason it was so bad for comedy is it was so well lit and so echoey. No, this I think that's, that's the one the I'm thinking of. one I'm thinking of. I oh, guess okay. that is the one. But I think it was, it was like, in Utah. Didn't it, wasn't it sort of like, it felt like the sort of place, it's like a Weatherspoons version of somewhere that Sherlock Holmes would sit and drink. <laughs> it had sort of like, it was kind of like... I it remember was, it having like, gla- it was a big sort of glass sort of front, right? And it was all... Yeah, we are thinking of the same place. In fact, there's something I remember from that gig that was amazing. Uh, Paul Duncan McGarity, who's a comedian who also does a bit of archaeology nowadays, he's that rare crossover between the two, (laughs) he did some material, some fantastic stuff about this film called The Happening, which was about sort of trees getting their revenge on humanity. He'd seen that film only for the first time with us the night before, and he'd written some material about it, and it was amazing. Oh, wow. I think that's part of the Edinburgh spirit. 
things just go much faster up there. So that would be 2008 well, or something, maybe? The, part of the Edinburgh spirit is you've worked a year on material, you're up there, and everyone thinks it's shit. So you think, <laughs> oh, I might as well just make something up on the spot. <laughs> it's going to go It's going to go as good, if not better, than what I've been working on. So, can, um, so we were talking at the minute, you're on tour and you've got a kid's show. Yes, I'm doing a kid's show. Um, and we're talking about the difference between doing stuff for kids and stuff for adults. We're actually saying it doesn't really matter, does it? Well, I it said depends. you've got an adult show. The thing but is, it's I've not got, an adult show, well, is Well, I've it's got the show that I do for kids, which obviously contains no sex and drugs and swearing, and I often tell people that, oh, well, I also do my grown-up show, and that's filth, but then if I think about it, my grown-up show is actually quite similar. In fact, that's the reason I'm doing a children's show in yeah. the first place, is because loads of parents came to me at my show at the Edinburgh Fringe, and they said, you know, all you have to do is take out the tiny dollops of swearing you've got on your show, and it would be great for children. Hmm. And I thought, all right, that's not a bad idea, and so that's now what I'm doing. But it's great for children and adults. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind I, of like it's just clean. I don't think there's such thing as a children's show. I think it's a family show. It has to appeal to yeah, exactly. the inevitably more than half of the room who are the parents that are dragging their kids along and they have to endure it mm. and ideally enjoy the same jokes. Yeah. So that's why I write it for, how, for everybody. That's how films work. The ones that are successful are the ones that work on every level. Yeah. And then you get repeat views. Um, I, I, and also, when I was at university, Keith Harris and Orville turned up. Oh, I hate all that and, stuff. Uh, it, it, I mean, it was just disgusting I find that and, you, and it, that it. is literally like your childhood being ruined you know? wait do you mean he came to your uni like to do an adult to do show. like a, a oh, sort of, oh this is this is it's all a bit of blue <laughs> not, no one like wants that. to see that because no. that's now going to taint your you're sucking my dick Orville oh, fucking Orville and, uh, it's your only wanking oh I'm a wanking I'm wanking with Orville you know it wasn't quite sad. that but, oh, it wasn't God. quite that was it Cuddles the Monkey? Get your tits out! You know, get, oh, that's a shame. It is a shame. That's a shame. I can assure you there's none of that nonsense in my show. No, do you know why? Because when you see him live, you can actually see his mouth moving and you think, that's not Ch Cuddles the Monkey asking the teenage <laughs> girls to get their tits out. That's Keith Harris. Oh, dear. I've, that's, uh, what would be, I, I, can, I can... Cuddles was always a bit cheeky, but if it was sooty... I'm I actually... I have a song in my um, in my kids show all about Sooty. Oh, really? About a scary childhood memory of uh, meeting Sooty at the Sooty show. And in your adult show, is it about him giving you a blow-up? <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the same song in my adult show, because it's actually quite... Um, I was wondering whether it's appropriate for kids, because it's about um, meeting Sooty, giving him a big cuddle, and then realising that there's a human hand it's in there, and it's horrible. There. Oh, yeah. That's, but then, I mean, when I was slightly too old to really enjoy it, when you go to Disneyland and you see Mickey Mouse... And you get a hug, and you can just feel this skinny, rake-thin <laughs> teenager that's just got a big head. Ugh. It's horrible. I mean, that is really weird. It's even scarier if, you know, he's got a skinny body, but you said the head fills the costume. <laughs> His head fills the costume. Skinny body, huge head. <laughs> it's the only job he can do. <laughs> it's, it's not even a fake head, it's just painted. <laughs> it's a real head painted. It's like in The Simpsons when Krusty has to wear makeup to look not like a clown. So that's how you develop this kid show. Is it like you've, you've just taken the stuff that's suitable for kids from previous shows quite simply yes it. I mean there's a couple of songs that I've written specifically for the kids show that's maybe for the younger ones because you know you can't really do a kids show without mentioning poo now and again and right. I didn't have any of that in my grown up stuff but the most the majority of it was written for grown ups was written for me really and what, what age group do you think your children's show is aimed at 
Well, the flyer says six plus, but you get a lot of people that are coming who are much younger because, you know, you can't tell them to go away if they're babies. Uh, but right, I get okay. a lot of people coming to the kids' show. They know full well that it's for children, but they're grown-ups. They, they come and see my stuff anyway, even if they're unbechilded. Um, that's the opposite with me. I have adults that are bringing their kids in, and I'm like, of course you can't. They say, don't mind. I say, I swear in front of them all the time. I was like, well, I've now got to report you. (laughs) (laughs) I've had had people have to take babies out of my shows in Edinburgh. Well, I would say that your certificate on your shows, Nick, is 18, isn't it? For language. Yeah. Extreme, poor language. I'm dangerously cheeky. Dangerously cheeky. But that's only a 15. And I'd say, I'd say mine are 12A to 15. 12A? 12A to 15. I find the hardest group to get to come along is teenagers because uh, for the stuff that I do that's for kids, kids will come and grown-ups with a sense of irony will come. But if, let's say, you're 16 years old, you've only just become old enough to not see the kid stuff, why would you see kid stuff on purpose? Give up on them. Yeah, they're the only age group that really never come to my show. So everything before and after do. They, but they're the age group that just think everything is shit. True. And so you go, do you know what? You'll come back. You'll yeah. come back when, you, was, when you've grown up. That was a like bit. the conversations you'd have in the playground. We've seen Star Wars. It's all right. For a you. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be like, uh-huh. Five, I think that's the nice thing about movie. having a young audience is that, you know, they'll be around for longer. They'll, they'll eventually come back. I'm investing. Yeah, no, I think you're probably right, right? You will. You'll be remembered. And I think there's things like that that I would have seen at that age are people I always have a great kind of fondness for. People like John Hegley and people like oh, that, yeah. I always think like... And then you have got them, you have kind of got them for life. I remember when I was a kid, there was a lot of things that I watched that I knew wasn't appropriate for me, and that's why I liked it. Mm. I mean, even stuff like The Animaniacs, which is a kid's show, they used to fill that show with loads of references to Hollywood stars from the 40s. Humphrey that Bogart. I had, yeah, I had no hope of getting <laughs> those making references. making a 90s but... cartoon that's got cameos from Humphrey Bogart in it, and you go, uh-huh, yeah, sure. <laughs> that's exactly why I liked it, because if there was ever a joke, like a reference that went above my head, I wouldn't blame them, I'd blame myself. That yeah. was, but that's the thing that uh, that was like the tipping point for me with The Simpsons, which was there used to be really clever references, and it's kind of like yeah, and it was like grown up, but it worked on kind of. I enjoyed it as a child, I enjoyed it as a teenager, I enjoyed it when I was at university. It was this thing, and then there was one when they did like this weird episode where Homer was a giant and Marge was a regular sized person, and then she has to do a yoga move because she's about to get fucked by him, and you go what? <laughs> The Simpsons what? is a different show now. And, and then you, and you go, <laughs> what? why are they doing it? And then did you see when they teamed up with Family Guy? Oh, God. that was I can't believe I watched the whole thing. It was painful. It was, no it. one so, wants it. It was just like, I mean, it was weird because Family Guy just absolutely dicked on The Simpsons. I couldn't tell if it was a parody of itself. Because I, I, I don't know why The Simpsons allowed it to happen, other than the fact that Family Guy gets more viewers, I suppose. I don't know. But it was just really weird because you go, that's not the Simpsons audience. But so they're making all of these Family Guys jokes in the in the context of the Simpsons, and you go, these, I mean, these jokes are horrible in that context. But did you notice that none of Harry Shearer's characters were there because he refused to do it? Oh, did oh, he? Did so he? they managed to write the episode without Mr. Burns or Smithers or Flanders or any of the oh, other right, you know yeah. well, characters I mean, that don't want to be there. They've got Bart Simpson making uh, prank calls, and then. Uh, is it Stewie that takes over and then he starts doing rape jokes and oh, it's yeah. just kind of like oh, you go, oh god and you have Bart Simpson's in it and don't oh don't do oh no uh, it was I was already I was already miserable enough you know with the news today and now I'm even more miserable because even <laughs> The Simpsons is making me sad what's now. the news today oh well you know the, the, the Brexit, Brexit day 
Well, you know something's wrong when you look at the BBC News app and the top seven stories are all in the health section. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, uh, the see. coronavirus is going, God, they put all this bunting out for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. So you love the Beatles. I do. I was asked on the way in, like, what am I a huge fan of? What do I geek out over? And I'm kind of embarrassed to say it's the Beatles because Beatles. Why? Huh. Well, tell, tell, me, you why. tell me about the Beatles. I've not heard of those lads. <laughs> well, that's exactly the problem. That's... If you say you like the Beatles, it's like saying you like ice cream or fun. Like everyone no, likes the Beatles. I, no, because but the flip side of that is what we always say is that those people that that go, I actually don't like the Beatles because they're the people people you go, well, you're an idiot. Then, aren't you? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So you, you can you can reverse the that. Beatles, to just be, they don't have to be your favourite band. Most people you, I've met. The, you, I, mean, I think most people's music is, is gateway into music is through their parents, and that was the Beatles for me and the Beach Boys. And um, so you go, I've, I like the Beatles. I'll always like the Beatles. They might not be my favourite, but they're there, and they're one of the reasons why I love music. And so to say that you don't like the Beatles is like going, what the fuck are you fucking talking about? I think most people that I've met who say they don't like the Beatles, I think what they mean is they don't see why they're such an enormously huge deal. They think they're a good band, but they don't think they're, you know, that good. Mm. Whereas people who actually say they hate the Beatles, I've I've yet to meet one. Because there's a different Beatles for everybody. They were a different Mm. band every year. That's part of the fun. That's what, um, yeah, I mean, I was having a conversation with... I think it was Mike Bubbins about Beatles and the Rolling Stones. But it might not have been Mike Bubbins. So sorry, Mike. He's not listening. I don't know who that is, but he's got a great name. Bubbins. Oh, yeah, you know Mike Bubbins. <laughs> Bubs. Bubs Bar and Grill. You not met Mike Bubbins? Oh, you've got, you've got a gig in Wales more. Oh, everyone loves Mike, Mike Bubbins. Oh, Bubbins. <laughs> love him. Here's a shout out to Mike Bubbins. Um, so, Do you love um, Mike Bubbins? He's, he's, he's a man that's so cool that he built a a pub in his shed, yeah. <laughs> and it, and it's and it's better than a pub, because um, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it's in the shed for a start. Um, so he was like saying that he preferred the Rolling Stones. And I just think that that's a fucking ridiculous thing to say. Anyway, I don't see how you can. I think they're incomparable for. for well, what if you're Mick Jagger's mum? If you're Mick Jagger's mum, well, people are still talking about the Rolling Stones, aren't they? They are. They're still gigging. The Beatles stopped gigging in 1969. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or 1967, they stopped gigging. Yeah. They Can stopped, you imagine? Re- they stopped it... releasing albums in 1969. It's kind of like people are still talking about the Beatles. The, the Rolling Stones have to continue gigging in order to uh, get their name out there. The world would be a very different place without the Beatles, I think, as well. Because I think they changed the Ed culture. Sheeran wouldn't exist, would they, yesterday, <laughs> for fuck's sake? The Fucking... film yesterday would be a very different place. <laughs> if the Beatles hadn't actually existed. I haven't seen that film, but I know the basic premise, and that film makes me furious, because even me as a massive Beatles fan, like even I don't think that they were so good that if anyone came along and just started playing the songs, with you know the songwriting being the only thing the same, yes. they're not that good, because even I acknowledge that the Beatles were in the right place at the right time, yeah. and they had the personalities and the story to go mm. with it. But all they're saying in Yesterday is that if the Beatles never existed... Uh, you would still have the whole history of pop music exactly as it is, just yeah. the Beatles never existed. Yeah. So Ed Sheeran still exists. Or, you know, nothing has changed other than the Beatles didn't exist. And then all of a sudden he does the Beatles songs and then people are like, oh, fucking hell, the Beatles songs. But basically what what is st- what's lasting about the Beatles is that they... If you want to write a classic love song, you've got to do something that they haven't done already. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like it's the base, it's, it's the base level of of music writing, and because they'd started with covers, and then they went all the way into like an experimental stage in what, seven years. Mm. 
Like they were together for like a blink, and they did so much in that amount of time. They covered so many bases in that amount of time, and you know, fucking hell, to say that, to take all. Uh, what am I trying to say? I'm just like saying that <laughs> you can't write a yeah. pop song now without it being influenced by the Beatles, or a reaction to, or, or a reaction to. So whether you're whether you're ripping them off or you're deliberately trying to do something that they haven't done, it's all come. It all stems from sort of like that time period. One of the most amazing observations I've heard about the Beatles. Came Thank from, you. That's uh, very kind of you. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, let's reconstruct that sentence. Uh, so Mitch Ben, not came my up words. With <laughs> <laughs> the words of Jay Foreman. Anyway, that's all we got time for. <laughs> Um, no. I heard a thing from Mitch Ben, who is uh, also a massive Beatles geek, and he said that uh, one of the great things about them is that um, in the really short time they were together, um, at the beginning, 1962, when they're singing Love Me Do, and it's all in black and white, and they've got their smart suits and their mop tops, it looks like it's just a few minutes after the war. Whereas at the end of their career, which is just five minutes later, it feels like living memory, because it's all in colour, and everyone's on drugs and <laughs> flowery clothes and so on. And, you know, eight years ago was 2012. Like, has the yeah. world changed that much in eight years nowadays? Well, no, Bad Boys 2... <laughs> what, Bad Boys 2 was 2003. Three. 17 years ago. Yeah. Beatles split up in 69, 70, mm-hmm. and I was born in 80, so 10 years later. Yeah. And that's, to me, ancient history. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I had a terrifying thing. So do you remember the Beatles anthology, which was when they released yeah. loads of... Um, uh, rehearsal takes and outtakes and you know a brand new song that they sort of compiled from an old cassette recording of John Lennon that is now halfway between the present day and the Beatles breaking up more time has now passed since the Beatles uh, anthology sure. than between the end of the Beatles and the anthology it makes me feel old that's one of them heart stopping revelations like uh, Robert De Niro has been shit longer than he was good <laughs> <laughs> The Simpsons has been shit longer than it's been good now no it has though yeah. it really has I mean it stopped being good in around 2000 and 2000 maybe earlier Late I think 90s? You know, people used to say oh The Simpsons is great apart from maybe the new ones and what people now have to say is the very early Simpsons was great and I, the vast majority it's like the Rolling Stones the majority of it is just a shadow of its former self I mean I think they're well within their rights to keep touring and to make a living if people go oh god I can't believe they're still touring they can tour for us until they die on stage that's absolutely within their rights they can do whatever they like good for them you know, and the, the, those are the same people that uh, you know, it's the sort of stuff that my mum says is kind of like fucking hell. Why are the Rolling Stones still touring? Look at because them. they look can. at the fucking state of them. And then she's still, and she's the person that's sort of like also talking about ageism. Yeah. Would you, and would you say the same is true of the Simpsons that you know they're within their rights to just carry on? Touring, as it were, carry on making the show as long as people are watching it and they're having fun. Well, with, with The Simpsons, I mean, I love The Simpsons, but I never, I never had Sky when I was a kid, so I only watched it when it was on the BBC. And it feels like the BBC and now it's on Channel Four. They only ever seem to buy that those like five series or whatever, and they're the ones I see again and again. So I'm, whenever I see The Simpsons, I go, still great. But then it's just, I never think, I don't think I've even seen it when it gets dreadful. Well, the later ones, and and they must have introduced this in the mid-2000s, is when they use CGI to animate them. Yeah, you can and just from the, looking. And the you can lines tell. are really, oh, really? thin, and it's just a lot less warm as a cartoon. But then, are we now sounding like all those people that say vinyl's better, or old cassette tapes that warble and hiss are better? But vinyl is better, and that's just <laughs> a, that's just the thing. It is. It is. It, but it has a sound quality. To when you it watch old it. videos from the eighties and nineties no, that have better. that warbly, VHS well, is not no, better. they're not better. But when I watch an old video, like an old VHS. I find the strange, you know, wow and flutter and the hissing, I find it comforting because that, to me, is the sound of childhood and, you know, everything's fine. I don't think films, uh, you can equate the same 
stuff from music that you do for films. No, I think so. I know what you mean. I, I understand there's a nostalgia to getting a VHS tape and putting it in, but oh, it's kind of it's it a makes. nostalgia thing. I wouldn't I wouldn't replace my Blu-ray no, player wouldn't. for a VHS player. Whereas I've got a record player and I listen to records all the time. I don't watch VHS. But I think with records you can get an ownership of something that has a slight defect on a record. Oh yeah, that has a little bit of it because it isn't on someone else's version. I've of got it. a um, copy of Catch Bullet Four by. Uh, uh, fucking Cat Stevens and there's a song on it called House of Freezing Steel and it ghosts on the way in so it goes yeah. like, so mm-hmm. you can hear it and then it kicks in properly and uh, I love that and yeah. you listen to it on like Spotify or something and that's not on there of course yeah so it's like all imperfection of, all Go of on. those were the films that I remember that we recorded on video like you know to me part of the film is the ad break on London Weekend Television yes. like that's, that's part of the film for me now. I can't watch uh, Muppets Take Manhattan without watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off directly afterwards because <laughs> that's, that's how he takes it and especially when you don't manage to record all of it you miss the beginning or you know <laughs> yeah. something accidentally sort of cuts in during the, during the show that's how I remember it and, and prefer it and actually, probably that's how I preferred what. Yeah, because you essentially you've got all of these weird chop and changing mixtapes from when you were little. You know, yeah. Basic Instinct had the uh, uh, the Diet Coke uh, idents in either side of the brick, so all the adverts were cut out. And to be fair, the plot as well for Basic <laughs> Instinct. I had a version <laughs> of Pipe Life by Blur that sort of cut out halfway through This Is a Low and segued into the Macarena. <laughs> but there was also like I used to take Red Dwarf. And a film, Barry Norman, the film show. Yeah. Used to tape it at night, and then I would watch it while I was having my uh, bowl of cereal uh, in the morning. And I don't do that with iPlayer or anything else. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like you go, right, I'm taping this thing, and then you. Well, what I, do, we're I, have, now, I have a nostalgia for that. What you no longer have is turning on the TV and there's four and a half channels and you'll just watch whatever is on. Like, because now you've got a thousand and one different things to choose from. You're under pressure every time to choose something that's perfect and that's right for you and whoever you're watching with. And that means, I guess, that no one's ever going to watch Crime Watch yeah. or Bargain Hunt. Yeah. I watch Bargain Hunt. I'm a lazy man and my remote <laughs> control is just too far away from me sometimes. But I think that is what it's for. I quite like having TV that's programmed for me like that, though. I go, oh... I guess I'll watch this, whatever this is. I like, um, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> so desperate to have an opinion on something. I just, <laughs> um, no, I, no, like back in the old days, this makes us sound old, but back in the old days where you actually had to plan in advance what you were going to watch. We didn't need to have a radio times and you'd highlight it and go, oh, yeah. right, that, that, that. And I'm going like to be out there, so I'm going to take that, you know. When, like, when we were... When, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'm nostalgic for this. This is just a memory. But when we went out to... My parents took us out to the theatre and it was very, very urgent that they got home for episode five of Black Adder Goes Forth. Do you know what I mean? They were just like, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, go. Uh, they were like running to the car, to, in the car park at the end. But that's because like, that's the only chance you'd have had to see it, right? Yeah. If you missed it, it was gone. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's an example of a change that has been for the better. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think that idea... I remember once being... Do at- you? I've wasted more time not watching TV than I have watching it. I sit in front of Netflix and I can... Ne- you know, and I spend hours just like going, no, no... I put it on my wish list. No, no. Do you know what I mean? And it's kind of like I can spend an hour and a half 
not watching not a film. watching a film. I feel the same about chocolate. If someone offers me a chocolate bar, and no matter what it is, if it's by surprise, I'll say, "Oh wow, thank you. Yes, lovely chocolate." But if I go into a newsagent and then I've got to choose between hundreds, like I'll spend oh, ages, man. and I'll feel like I don't want any of them. How do you feel about a celebrations? If someone offered you a box of celebrations, that too much. Well, again, if they offer me one celebration at random, I'm very happy. If they offer me the box, yeah. panic. Yeah. Must be a nightmare. What was the stuff you needed to talk about? That I needed to... Oh, yeah, well, there's my kids' show, uh, and there's dates on my website, which is jforman.co.uk. You start in London uh, on I'm, Saturday I'm, the 1st. You're doing the Musical Comedy Awards. Ah, that's a different thing. That's not my tour. That I'm hosting the um, one of the heats of the Musical Comedy Awards. Who's which, headlining? Um, me. I'm both hosting and headlining. So oh. this is a um, competition that I was in 10 years ago, but now I come along to do a sort of guest lot to sort of show the young musical comedians. Does that Carry feel... on, you'll end up like me. <laughs> Does that feel like you've some sort of nice bookend of something? I guess so. That's the But Phoenix. bookend implies that I'm never coming back after this. <laughs> no, which you'll say at the Musical Comedy Awards. You'll yeah. be like uh, Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> it's also the last lot. Musical Comedy Awards I'll ever do. And <laughs> I'll surprise them on the day, like uh, like Cilla Black at the last blind date. <laughs> you just come back as the thin white duke. Yes, come back in a different... Start start being a uh, Nazi. But then my tour continues in earnest uh, in Jersey, and then I've got several other dates uh, around the UK, and I don't remember them, but they're on my website. Right, I've got them all in front of me. I'm not going to read them off, but I'm going to look at them. Um, so, and you've got some stuff on YouTube. Yeah, so I have a parallel career when I'm not singing funny songs. I also have a YouTube channel where I make um, comedy documentaries. So it's YouTube videos all about some very geeky stuff like the history of the London Underground and unbuilt tube lines and motorway junctions and so on. But oh, they're, 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 made, they're made like comedy shows. I don't think I, I've seen... Uh, but they're, but they're fetch- I've, I mean, I watch a lot of YouTube. I've been watching kind of stuff about oh, London's shortest tube journey. Is it possible to... It's Covent Garden to Oxford. Oh, uh, I saw that one yesterday. And they have a race. Yeah. One of them goes, walks It's Jeff it, Marshall and, and his wife, Vicky, that race each other across yeah, town. I mean, I mean, I had to literally stop myself and just go, Nick, you are going to die one day. <laughs> but that's what YouTube is for. You can watch this incredibly specific and geeky stuff. I mean, it's so specific. But is it that sort of fat-based stuff that's actually funny? Or are you sort of like lampooning that stuff? Um, no, the actual, I mean, the facts that we tell are all true and I think genuinely fascinating. So and then the comedy comes from. and entertaining. Yeah, it's, um, if you'll forgive a really horrible word, it's edutainment, where we're sort of, <laughs> we're reverential to the actual facts and stories that we're telling, but we're also trying to be as silly and surreal and, I didn't know and, and funny as possible. I love the tube. I love the tube. I'm talking about doing a tube thing with one of my friends. But, like, um, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of obsessed with the tube. I've seen the sort of motorway junction ones he did, and it wasn't it about how there was going to be. Uh, a motorway that circled London. Was yeah, the, the story, there were going to be four massive motorway ring roads around London, but then they ran out of money halfway through, and so what they've left behind is these weird, unfinished junctions, yes, and that yeah. explains a lot of the strange um, infrastructure around London. Like, oh, so that's why the road, like, bends around in a loop on itself for no reason. So what's that um, tube stop in London that's a facade? There's a facade of a building on one side. And on oh, there's the a few. Side. So there's one in Leinster Gardens near Paddington. That's where which I want to go. Um, so that is when they first built the tube lines in the 1880s uh, uh, they were very ugly and people didn't want to live near a tube line so they made a big deal about disguising it 
and they oh. built a fake house. So between numbers 30-something and 30-something else, there's what looks like a house, but if you look carefully, all the windows are blocked up. And if you listen carefully, trains go underneath. I think, wasn't it also that uh, there was a street of houses and they had to build a tube? Didn't they have to cut through something? They probably... I mean, in those days, they would have had to destroy loads of houses. They, the way they built the first tube line was to completely dig up the road, put the tube line not really that far underground, and then cover it up again, like a ceiling. So, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd imagine they destroyed loads of houses. Yeah. But with this one, they just put a facade up. Yeah. Favourite tube stop? Have you got one? I guess my local one, because it's the most useful. What's that? Now, nowadays is Oakwood. Wait, Oakwood. Well, I don't really live anywhere near Oakwood. I don't live near the tube anymore. Is a good fact. This oh. is something you might know, actually. I, li- I like a good fact. Do you know the tube stop which has which uses all of the vowels. There's only one. Yes, I do. Because okay. I'm that much of a geek. Yeah. Well, well, that's that's anyway, that's all we've got time for. <laughs> I have a, there's a song I do in my live act. Um, I sing every tube station in three and a half minutes. Ah, that's nice. I mean, I could... Uh, Shall we? Shall we? If we've got three and a half minutes to spare. Well, We have if you we do. We have, but if yeah. you do... So uh, this is something I do in my live shows, and I do this in my kids' shows as well, uh, especially when I'm in London. Uh, basically, it's just a list of all the stations, and it goes like this. Um, Hornchurch, Ickenham, Hainault, Cockfosters, Ravenscourt Park, Bromley by Bow, Morden, Monument, Mornington, Crescent, Paddington, Plasto, Pimlico, Dagenham, Heathway, Elephant Castle, Richmond, Sloane Square, Beck Country, Brixton, Barbican, Chorleywood, Amersham, Eastcote, Alberton, East Finchley, Kenton, Kennington, Fairlock, Farringdon, Mylan, Barnscourt, Maida Vale, Barking, Buckyside, Debden, Hammersmith, Vauxhall, Webley Park, Tottenham, Hale, Northwood, Oakwood, Woodgreen, Woodford, Colliers, Wood and then Croxley, Charing Cross, Kings Cross, St Pancras, Brent Cross, Haddon Cross, Osterley, Ballinborough, Chesham, Hampstead, Loughton, Leighton, Leightonstone, Stamos, Nairsburg, Greenford, Northup, Northfield, Southfield, Marlebone, Kingsbury, Queensbury, Queen. Queensway, Queens Park, Park Royal, Royal Oak, Burntoke then, Allgate, Southgate, Highgate, Moorgate, Notting Hill Gate, St Paul's, Neesden, Oxford Circus, Piccadilly Circus, Lambeth, North and Northwick Park, Upton Park and Westbourne Park and Wilmington Park and Stonebridge Park, Warwick Avenue, Waterloo, Watford, Wolverstow Central, with Wanstead, Hounslow West and Hounslow East and East Ham, West Ham, West Hamstead, Pontybridge, Knightsbridge, Redbridge, Zonabridge, Oxbridge, Perivale, Leicester Square, Good Street, Baker Street, Bond Street, Warren Street, Old Street, Liverpool Street, Edgeware. By the way, have I said your local one yet? Not yet. West Acton, West Harrow, West Finchley, Two Gardens and Lancaster Gate and Garnersbury, Westminster, Upminster, Russell Square, Euston Square, Torches and Whetstone, East Putney, Ealing, Broadway, Fulham, Broadway, Tooting, Broadway, Arsenal, Stockwell, Chigwell, Seven Sisters, Blackhalls, Road, Blackfriars, Temple, East Acton, Oval, Bow Road, Connordale, Archway, Angel, Upminster Bridge, Clapham Common, Clapham North and Clapham South and Swiss Cottage, Acton Town and Camden Town and Chalk Farm and West Kensington, Canning Town and Kentish Town and Sudbury Town and West Brompton, Faden Boys and Tooting, Beck and Stanford, Brook, South Kensington, Rickmansworth and Mansion House. Alston, Marble, Lough, South Wimbledon, Dollars Hill, Gansill, Grangehill, Surrey Hill, Tower Hill, Hayden, Aldgate East, Southwark, High Barnet, Earls Court, Base, Weatherpenny, Victoria, Mill Hill East, High Street, Kensington, Kensington, Olympia, Ealing, Common, Bermondsey, Heathrow Terminals Four and Five, and Heathrow Terminals One, Two, Three, Epping, Euston, Kilburn, Kilburn, Park, Charlton, Latimer, Cannon Street, and Cannons Park, Embankment, Canada Water. Have I still not done it? You've done it. So hooray! Nick, have I got yours? Um. South Ealing, South Kensington, <laughs> South Kensington, South Kensington, Canary Wharf, Harrow and Wheelstone, North Acton, North Ealing, North Greenwich, North Harrow, North Wembley and Highbury and Islington. Sing along! Caledonian Road and Edgware Road and Finchley Road and Gloucester Road and Goldhawk Road and Holloway Road and Latimer Road and Preston Road, Town Park, Regent's Park, Green Park, Connor Park, Hyde Park, Corner and Upney, Moor Park, Tufton Park, Chesley Park, Newby Park, Finsbury Park, Roding Valley, Hendon Central, Hounslow Central, Wembley Central, Belsize Park, Finchley Central, Covent Garden, Tottenham Court Road, Woodside Park, nearly finished Woodlane, Hang Lane, Charles Lane, Bennett Lane, Tabber Lane, Tanner Green, Buckhurst Hill, Cottage Green, Kensington Green, Puzzle Green, Stanley Green, Russell Green, Bethel Green, Harrow on the Hill, Arnsgrove, Lavergrove, Boston Manor Manor House, St James Park and St Johnswood, Shepherd's Bush Market, Shepherd's Bush Housden, Hoban, Northwood, Hill Stratford, White City, 
right, travel world's injunction, Wimbledon, rise it, rise it, garden south, rise it, west, rise it, rise it, manor, great, Portland Street, Dagenham, east, bounds, green, and bank. And that's all of them. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Natalie, Natalie's clapping too. I was worried after I started that that was going to go on a bit too long, and I think it did. Oh, no, no, that's great. That's incredible. Do you do you you get furious if you ever hear an announcement that they're going to extend one of the tube lines? <laughs> you are oh, fucking hell. I've got a lot of people saying, "Oh, you need to change the song after they finish Crosser." I was like, "No, I don't. I can't be bothered." <laughs> but what I get a lot because there's um, a couple of versions of that song on YouTube on my channel, and then people love to comment underneath and they say, "Oh, you missed out. Such and such a station. This station wasn't there." And I'll, you know, usually reply and say, uh, no, it wasn't. We checked. They're all there. But it's a lot more fun. One time I uploaded a version and said, hey, I accidentally missed out one of the stations in this version. Can you spot which one it is? And uh, I didn't. They're all there. <laughs> but I do love to waste people's time. I thought mine was by road. That's what I was waiting for, by the way. Yeah, that was in there. And the, uh, the tube stop, which uses all of the vowels, is? It's South Ealing. Oh, I was going to say. And Mansion House. Manch- oh, there's, there's, two. there's two, yeah. Oh. And Oxford Circus. No, that <coughs> doesn't have an E in it. What's a vowel? <laughs> there's only one station that doesn't use a letter from the word mackerel. And I mean, this is a useless fact. It's the sort of thing that once you find man, out the answer, you're not going to be satisfied. You're going to go, oh, I suppose use. it is, yeah. Yeah, that is. They're not terribly. It feels like it should be more satisfying than it is, and it just isn't. No, it's uh, it's St John's Wood. <laughs> if you're really interested, I am interested. Um, have you got time to do a game quickly? Yes, I have. Okay, this is the game. It's called Better or Worse, and you have to say whether the next person is better or worse than the person before, Ooh. based entirely on my own opinion. <laughs> win points. Okay, beginning with Gene Hackman. Yes, he's a high card. Is Gene Simmons from Kiss? Better or worse than Gene Hackman? He's both awful people. He's worse. Is he? He's worse. Gene Simmons is worse. Is Gene Wilder better or worse than Gene Simmons? Obviously better. Better. Is Jake Gyllenhaal better or worse than Gene Wilder? Worse. Worse. Is Maggie Gyllenhaal better or worse than Jake Gyllenhaal? Worse. I don't know who that is. I'm going to say worse. Oh. I think she's worse. She's a high card. I'll say worse only because I've not heard her. She was. She's gone through points where I think she's been better. Tilda Swinton, better or worse than Maggie Gyllenhaal? Better, better again, better. because I've heard of her. Okay. Will Ferrell, better or worse than Tilda Swinton? Better. better. I'm going to say worse. Ooh. Will Smith, better or worse than Will Ferrell? Which Will Smith? The Comedian or Fresh Prince? Fresh Prince. Better. Maybe oh, worse. worse. Martin Lawrence, better or worse than Will Smith? Worse. Well, better I now, because I've seen Bad Boys oh, for Life. That's what Bad Boys for Life. Love, love Martin Lawrence now. Jennifer Lawrence, better or worse than Martin Lawrence? Worse. Mm, worse. Worse. Jennifer Aniston, better or worse than Jennifer Lawrence? Better. Better? better. better. Yeah. What's the score, Seven. Six. 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 Uh, you did really good there. Hooray, what well, I you win? did okay. You got a six, so a you're in of the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know what? You've done very poorly. You did. You got a six, so you're in the same company as Bronte Barbie, Will Jackson, and Ginger Johnson. But oh, you're dear. not as good as Tom Crowley, Reese James, Master of Julius with nine, Omar Alaboy, Paul Gannon, Nick Desemlian, Naomi McDonald, Don Schreiber, Dan Schreiber, Daz, <laughs> Jasmine Therese with eight, Kevin Allison. Joe DeCosta, Alistair Green, Lloyd Griffith, Max Halley, Harriet Kemsley, Kim Newman, Morgan McLean, Juliet Sear, The Last Skeptic, David Trent and Toby Williams with seven. But you are better than Original Flavour with five. But I see that no one has got ten. No yet. one's got ten yet. Not uh, this series. It's too late for you, Jay. But uh, an Original Flavour, um, they gave us a cookbook. 
They did give so they did bribe. get five, but I'm going to give them a six. <laughs> you mean That's if I bribe you with a present, I can get another point? In a way, you've gifted us a song. So, oh, right. um, well, thank you for the song, so but no point for it. We're going to play Hey Bulldog for the Beatles and oh, let, thank you. And what's, let what's you get away. What's your website? Uh, jforman.co.uk, and uh, my YouTube channel is, uh, just search my name, jforman, you'll find it. Okay, thank you for coming thank in. Thank you, bye. Thanks Welcome to the club. The show's not over yet. Ooh. No, we're just doing another song. Bye. <laughs> Oh. Well, it's quiet again. <laughs> there we, go. we are back, even though that wasn't the end. That's not the end. We just this is the new format for this week. So now we're going to finish off with some fan mail. Uh, if you've got anything that you want to talk to us about, please keep it to yourself because I get so upset by a lot of these messages. Um, so <laughs> you do it. You Spoiler! take it with you. No, that's, that's not the it. wrong one. There we go. Hey lads, lovely to hear you. What is your favourite? Oh, we've done all this. Come on, cola bottles were a favourite. We've I talked like, about what like sweets fizzy, we like. What's your favourite cola bottles? Were always a winner for me. Yeah, I like cola bottles. I love them. I love the fizzy ones more. I like the, the cola ones. bottles. I don't mind a cola sugar. bottle. Don't mind it. Don't mind a cola bottle. Do you know what I fucking hate? What's that? Those fucking flying saucers. Yeah, they're no good. Oh, they are shit. They were, uh, like, invented by a generation of people that didn't know how to have fun. They're what I imagine the, um, the wafers are like in church, but with, like, a, a bit of sherbet in them. Do you know what? I just, it, it, give me, just, just give me the sherbet. Yeah, just have that. Give me the sherbet. Or sherbet me, dip. Or just give me a wafer, right? But if you're selling me a wafer that's sold as a sweet and it tastes the way it fucking does, then I'm going to be furious. <laughs> I'd be... <laughs> anyway... Afternoon. I just watched nine and a half weeks I for the first did. time yesterday and thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to read the rest of this. Afternoon. I just watched nine and a half weeks for the first time yesterday and thoroughly enjoyed it. Mickey. Mickey Rourke is quite the hun. I think it's the best sex film. Maybe uh, before the internet, but I've seen loads more better ones. What are you... You're, what, what, what are, you, <laughs> what are your thoughts on ramping in films? Ramping. Do you have a preferred scene? Danny D. Danny Dyer's written in to talk to us about ramping in films. What's ramping? Is that a bit like? It's a, it's a bit like bumming. I think it's when I think it's when you steal apples. Bumming, bumming in films. I love bumming in films. Um, <laughs> rumping. I don't like that at all. I don't like that. Natalie's lost it. This is why you wanted this to read these letters, didn't you? This is the only reason she's put it up. I'm not enjoying rumping. Oh rumping. God. Oh, that's right. Rump me. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. That's right. Where you been? Just had a rump. <laughs> Having a rump? <laughs> My friend told me this horrible story. I couldn't stop. <laughs> he told me this horrible story 12 years ago. And you've never forgotten it. And I've never forgotten it. He only told me it once. Martin Collins. He's, uh, I know Martin he's Collins. just written Sandylands. Right? Mm. He told me this story where he overheard this conversation and there was a woman uh, and she goes, Yeah, he had a cock that big, right? Like, uh, holding up her fingers really small. So she goes, she, Oh, he had a cock that big. He had a knob that big, and it stunk. <laughs> <laughs> and then she said, "Well, enough about this, Garrett licked. <laughs> and it stunk. He had a knob that big. 
Honey, it stunk. <laughs> uh, 12 years. <laughs> Pumping, camping, humping, oh, actually it's a bumping, thing. It's a more of a... slumping uh, is a relaxed form of humping. I hate it. I walked into my room to find Sarah and Artie rumping on my bed. No, I don't like it. No, I don't, don't like it. Don't like Take it. it away. Anyway, uh, nine and a half weeks. Away, Funnily about nine and a half weeks is um, it's on my uh, mm. pile of films to watch. Oh, really? Uh, it's a classic, and I have seen it, but I saw it when I wasn't really interested in plot. <laughs> so... Um, so I, I, I keep I, um, meaning to give it another go. I think the career of like in his in his pomp and in his in his rump of, of um, what's he called? Mickey Rock. Mickey Rock. I think Mickey Rock is a really interesting actor for like uh, like whatever in, yeah, his, in was, his in his day. He was like an eighties Brando, mm. and but like much like Brando, mm. he made a rumping film, <laughs> <laughs> and then his career fell apart. Mike Brando proper did it though. Oh, didn't he, he? Oh, he rumped. Um, Mm. What about well, rump steak? What's, what's that mean? That's when I fuck a steak. <laughs> Hello. Oh. She's a lady. <laughs> Sorry, one Hello. What do you think about Sebastian Stan's shade at Marvel yesterday? I love the sass of it all. Tessa. I don't know what happened. I don't know what that is. I don't know what happened. So we'll move on. We'll have to move We're on. Sorry. Out of time. Sorry, Tessa. We'll look it up and maybe we'll talk about it next week. Save it for next week, Natalie. Or, or cut it out and put it on next week's. Hi, Nick and Nat. The day is upon us. Brexit day. Can't decide if I should watch rom-coms or end-of-the-world movies to make me feel better. I know how you feel, Lucy. Um, what are you doing? What's happened there? Why are you moving it? Why do you always do this? We haven't got time to fuck... We haven't got time to rump around. <laughs> My God! Uh, uh, it's making me feel... What do you guys suggest? I, uh, fucking hell! <laughs> Stop moving the fucking screen! Right, um... What do you guys suggest? I might need to get drawing some Venn diagrams in order to reach maximum fulfilment. Surely there's a film to put a plaster over my heart, but also include some Keanu Reeves whoopass, Lucy. Well, I think that what I'm going to do is I'm just going to um, live my life. I'm going to stop looking out the window, stop watching the news, stop listening to uh, people, other people's opinions, because uh, they're all wrong. And mine is the only opinion that matters. And I'm just going to live a very small life where I'm, where I'm, I'm not being dictated to by uh, other people. Uh, really, on the grand scheme of things, when I walk from my flat to my shops to the cinema, my life isn't really dictated to by other stuff. Okay. So maybe that's the way to live a life where you don't get your heart broken. We, we do go back to the days, the olden days. We're the olden days. The olden days before telly. The olden days where we just all lived in villages. And yeah. that's, that's what I think people who voted Brexit think they want, though. That's what it'll be like when it's just be like a village it was green. Just when, it was <laughs> just like when uh, Jim Davidson unveils a not very good picture of Nigel Farage called Mr. Brexit and you go that is the reality of what what we've yeah that's what that's that's almost like the conclusion that's what we've got oh it very much is like the end of Uncut Gems in that one (laughs) (laughs) oh fucking hell that's the end that's it is it that's what that's what we've got right and that is what we've got and that's what that's what we all 
And that's what's a good Keanu Reeves film that you could watch? Uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, I really do sure. love. I but think Speed, 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 I was going to say. That is, uh, I haven't watched Speed in a long that's, time. That's, you've got a romantic comedy in that as well. You've got mm. a career best Dennis Hopper performance. You've got really great one liners. You've got Jeff Daniels, heartbreaking in that. You've got, oh, I just, yeah. I fucking love it. And basically, you've got three diehard movies in one, haven't you? Diehard on the left, diehard on a bus, diehard on a train. Let's watch, let's watch Speed. Speed. I should watch Speed again. Tell you what, guys, your homework this week is to watch Speed and then write in and tell us uh, what you think of it. Uh, I think we've got time for one more real quick one um, hello it's magical Brexit day that's what you lot are talking about oh we've just done this basically if you had to play uh, do a play of the Nigel Farage and Jim Davidson painting and everything, which one would play Nigel which one oh both of us right I see um, I'd probably be uh, Jim Davidson because I share a lot of his views and I'd have to do a lot of act <laughs> a lot less acting yeah um, well they always make a big deal don't they about how Nigel Farage is the same age as Brad Pitt so I guess Brad Pitt as Farage no but I think he's asking out of us two who'd do it uh, who would be who would be if we had to do a play who would be it oh, but I can do a Nigel I can do a, I'd, I'd be both of them and you could be the painting and every so often you'd look at the audience and shake your head and give it a withering look um, you talk a lot about all the Star Wars and superhero shit it's about time you gave your thoughts on Empire Records Nick you're the British Rex Manning to me I don't know what Rex Manning is have you not seen it Empire Records is a film which is a three-star film which has gained a very cult, culty audience. I've seen, I've seen Empire fine. Records. It's, it's absolutely fine. Is that the totally one? Fine. That's the one with Liv Tyler in it. Yeah, yeah. It's totally fine. fine. It's absolutely fine. Okay, we've got to the end of it. I've <laughs> been. A re- uh, yeah, um, this is my show and Nat's show. Uh, I talk about what I like. If you don't like it, don't listen. Um, I don't think it's meant to be mean. I think it's fine. I'm not trying to be mean, but you talk a lot about what Star Wars and superhero shit. I don't really talk that much about superhero shit. I'm not really into them. We do. We do. But more more like we're not into them. Maybe we should just talk about what we do like. Fan club. And John Carpenter films. And John Carpenter. Well, we're not going to talk about John Carpenter. He hasn't hasn't made a new one in ages. Right. So uh, thank you everyone for listening today. Um, The the producer's come in and absolutely fucked it up with 15 (laughs) seconds to go. Thanks everyone for listening today. Thank you for listening. Um, Just, we'll all watch Speed and comment on it and we'll talk about it next week. Uh, Have a lovely day. Bye. You've been listening to a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to fubarradio.com.